0: And hey, welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. I want to thank Chuck McBreen and Ramapo for coming on the show. Great to, with them. Uh, that was a pre-taped segment on this show, especially when we're making selections. It gives us a chance to do some work behind the scenes. On those selections, we have some announcements to make shortly, but I was reminded that I have not pushed the uh, something in particular well enough. We have gotten a bit of a boost recently on the Hoopsville fundraising campaign that runs out in a couple of days, but we need a little bit more of a boost. Um... We uh, at least have made a dent, let's put it that way. We are now 35% of the way to our goal. Um, If you could please help us out. Uh, It allows us to stay on the air, it allows us to upgrade equipment. We're using a computer that absolutely is going to need to be in the shop on Tuesday to survive what we have planned next weekend. Donations help us stay on the air. Your donations allow us to get to um, other locales, to to see games, to profile Division Three, to showcase Division Three. Please um, let us know if you know you you think we deserve it. Please donate. There's links all over our show pages. They're not that hard to miss. even on Facebook and Twitter. They're at the top of the page. So please consider doing it. Only a couple days left in that campaign. So back to men's selections. When we left you, we had just selected Amherst. Men's basketball making the fifth NESCAC team into the tournament. That is the first time that has happened in men's basketball. And the second time ever women did it back in 2010. Where do we sit now? We bring back our men's selection analyst Bob Quillman on the right and Ryan Scott on the left. And we've been doing some uh, work behind the scenes to figure out who may be in next. And gentlemen, uh, I can at least say that we had at the table, I believe, Keene State, Skidmore, Cabrini, Moravian, Augustana, Emory, Hope, and St. Thomas, um, and we made some picks since then.
1: Yeah, we uh, during the break here, and, and it's, it starts to get difficult at this point. So even at uh, at pick twelve, which is where we left everyone before we went to break, you know, things get very tight. And the we made we picked all the way down to seventeen during the break. And Dave, do you want me to run through those selections?
0: Yes. And uh, quick correction. I, someone on Twitter says the brains behind Hoopsville has Laterno in the men's in the D3 NCAA tournament. Do you agree? No, we have them at the table. We don't have them in the tournament, but go ahead, Bob.
1: So pick 12, um, again, we left off uh, at, at Amherst at 11. Pick 12 was Emory out of the UAA South region. Pick 13, the Flying Dutchman of Hope from the Great Lakes, uh, lost in the MIAA final to Calvin at home. Uh, Pick 14 was Skidmore from the East. Pick 15, we had a double down on the East. So we went Skidmore, and as soon as St. Lawrence got to the board from the East, we put them up there. Uh, Pick 16 was Cabrini from the Atlantic. And pick 17 was Augustana from the CCIW uh, Central Region. And so that gets us through 17 picks, at which point the pool seaboard that we have been updating, we now have all eight teams that are on the table, and we are officially in the nitty-gritty of the bubble with four picks left.
0: Yeah, nitty-gritty is being kind, Mr. Bob Quillman. This is getting to the point of very challenging, more challenging than I think it's been in the past. Initial thoughts, and we'll go through who's at the table.
2: Uh, I thought that we were in trouble during the break, but then when we see who's left at the table, um... You know, this is going to be really, really difficult. This is my first year doing these picks, and uh, it's a lot harder than it looks like from home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so, again, Henry Hope, Skidmore, St. Lawrence, Cabrini, and Augustana are in. At the table, we have TCNJ from the, uh, the Atlantic. From the Central, we have Oshkosh. We'll talk about that in a minute. That's going to surprise some people. From the east, Brockport is in. From the Great Lakes, Mount St. Joseph. From the Mid-Atlantic, Moravian. From the northeast, Keene State. From the south, And from the west, St. Thomas. Those are not picks. Those are the teams at the table. Bob, I remember something that was said earlier on. There were a lot of people, Oshkosh fans, frustrated that they weren't getting ranked higher. They kept pointing to the fact that they had beaten Eau Claire. I think it was twice at that point. This was earlier on. Screaming bloody murder. Why in the world? is you know? And we kept pointing to reasons why they were not ranked. Now we point to the fact that Oshkosh, the best that we have been told, is at the table at 17 and 10, 630 winning percentage. That is two losses more than Eau Claire. They're five and six best we can tell, maybe off numbers there versus regionally ranked opponents, and a 600 SOS compared to Eau Claire's 569. By the way, I'm just bringing those up. Eau Claire is not directly behind Oshkosh. We can bring that up in a minute. Um, Oshkosh is ranked sixth best we can tell, Illinois Wesleyan seven, Eau Claire eight. The Central took a twist, Bob.
1: Yeah, the the Central has been um, full of drama here for every week of the rankings. And, um, you know, Eau Claire was ranked higher than Oshkosh in that last in the week three ranking. Uh, What we believe is that Oshkosh is the the team that's under Augustana. And uh, under Oshkosh is Illinois Wesleyan. And uh, I believe that Carthage is not ranked in the central. So at this point, you know Oshkosh gets to the board with a six thirty, but they do have the two wins over Eau Claire. And uh, you know it seemed to me that, that if Eau Claire is behind Illinois Westland, that Eau Claire probably is on the outside looking in here of, of the uh, of the selection process, which which is a little bit of a surprise to people.
2: Yeah, it's it's real well. I was just looking at Oshkosh's schedule to look where those five. Uh, wins come from. We have the two over O'Clear. They've also beaten Whitewater twice and River Falls once. So obviously those are all in conference. Um, but those are all pretty good wins and wins, um, you know, three of them against teams ahead of them in the rankings.
1: Well, if you look at Oshkosh, that 602 SOS sticks out and the and the five wins over regionally ranked and you look at who they are, that sticks out. Um, it's interesting. I asked Dave earlier today, I said, what, Winning percentage is the magic number that if you're below that, you can't get picked. And 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 I think Dave said six sixty seven. Yeah.
0: Over Would the years, th- we've been told six sixty seven is your is your line of demarcation. Now, and we've we- even seen it higher than that. Last year, Rochester got left home with a five sixty something SOS and a six eighty win loss percentage. They got parked. Um, you know, there's other da- data that gets that gets put into play here. And so we've always thought even getting anywhere near 700 is dangerous. We've got Oshkosh sitting here at 630. That's well below that, that. And honestly, they're probably not in even this conversation if they don't make this run they made in the WIAC tournament. Yes, they yeah. have a 600 SOS, but at some point you have to ignore it. But, what, you know, Oshkosh did some things here this week that's really thrown a monkey wrench in here.
1: It, to me, that you know, the, the big thing that stands out is... Um... I believe that the National Committee made some adjustments to what the Central Region uh, Committee did, and um, I believe that they moved Oshkosh into this position over Eau Claire. And the fact that the National Committee did that, if that's true, would seem to suggest to me, since that's the group making the picks, we're comfortable with a 630 because of that 602 and and the 5 and 6. So I think we have to look at this as a new norm, and we have to— A race where we were in the past a little bit with winning, possibly.
0: Unless we see otherwise tomorrow, I don't know if I necessarily agree. Because one thing I I think that people don't remember is we have to regionally rank people. And I don't think the National Committee ever looks at the rankings and says, well, I think we would pick so-and-so. And so so let's make sure they're in the rankings. I think more along the lines of, is the criteria being done consistently and used consistently and if it isn't, we need to make an adjustment. And per our consistencies, does Oshkosh deserve to be there? We are going to hit numbers that keep teams from getting in. It happens every single year. If we look at the Atlantic, TCNJ is sitting there with a below 700 SOS as, or a win loss as well. Uh, in the East, we're sitting uh, on Brockport right now, who's 19 and 7 with a 7.520, so you know, pretty decent. In the Northeast, Keene State is below 700. Uh, in the south, Laternos above 800, but their SOS is barely visible at 505. In the Great Lakes, it's Mount St. Joseph at 800, but again, their SOS is barely visible. In the mid-Atlantic, you know, Moravian. What I'm trying to get is Catholics ranked in the mid-Atlantic at 8th, best we can tell, at 17 and 9 with a 654. Someone has to fill that spot is what I'm trying to get at. And I don't think the committee went, hey, listen, Oshkosh, I think, could get could get in let's make sure we put them in the right spot i think the committee more looks at each region and says who deserves to be ranked where and then they work on how the selections fall later if that makes any sense yes well, they could be creating a block here by by doing that but i don't think they're they're setting a precedent necessarily with the 630 i think they just feel like maybe the bottom isn't that good and the 630 is okay to be there does that yeah that-
2: well, you, you also need to look at who they're they're so we believe Illinois Wesleyan is behind Oshkosh. So Oshkosh is 17 and 10. Illinois Wesleyan is only 17 and 8. That percentage is better. It's above our Mendoza line, but the number of wins is the same. And it's it's almost 0.05 difference in SOS. And maybe they're just saying that there aren't better options in this region. It doesn't necessarily mean they're willing to pick them. It's just they're more willing to pick them than Illinois Wesleyan.
1: Yeah, the options here would, would be um, instead of Oshkosh, from the committee standpoint, you had Eau Claire, Illinois Wesleyan, Carthage, North Park. And so they obviously landed on Oshkosh in their 630. And so we'll just I think we let the process play out and we take a look at these eight teams and they're each of these teams is flawed in some way. That's why we're here at pick 18. Right. Yeah. so as, as we look at these. Um, you look You look across the board, if you go to the Pool C, folks, you look at kind of the, the eight teams up here. St. Thomas has uh, one win over regionally ranked. Uh, Letourneau has a 506 SOS. Keene State has a 679 winning percentage. Moravian has a 720. Mount St. Joseph, uh, 523 SOS isn't great. Brockport, all across the board, so-so. Um, every one of the eight teams left is flawed, and it's going to come down to some, some tough decisions, which is what the committee obviously had to do today as well. I think, as I look at this, my eye is starting to go towards Keene State.
2: Yeah, that was my thought too.
1: 6.79, which is is low, but it is what it is at pick 18. 6.79, but a 5.76 SOS and a 3 and 4. As I look across all three data points, Team State is starting to look pretty good to me.
2: Now, we do have to take into account those three wins is one against Eastern Connecticut State and two against UMass Dartmouth, who came in 11th in the Northeast re- rankings. Um, so we're looking at, I mean, there's three wins, but they're probably the three least impressive wins you could have in yep. the Northeast. You're right. Um,
3: Meanwhile, this- I, I agree
2: this- that with that SOS, they're probably the next one that I would I would be looking at.
1: Does it come into play, you know, is there a balance of regions that is maybe not stated but sort of talked about? I don't know if there is or there isn't. We've picked how many northeast teams? We've got one, two, three, four, five. We've picked five of 17 from the northeast. I don't know if they they try to spread them around or if it's just straight by the numbers. That's a tough call.
0: In the south, it's Laterno with that twenty and five record, but a five oh five, and I think that's really killing them. And the Great Lakes, it's same, same record for Mount Saint Joseph, a five oh five with a well, five eleven.
2: You remember the data that we had earlier? Doesn't include Mount Saint Joe's loss today, so they're under eight hundred winning percentage.
1: Yeah, actually, let's go to I'm going to go to to Matt.
2: They, they should be twenty and six,
1: right? Matt Snyder's uh, Great Lakes region to see Mount Saint Joseph is. He's got 769. I believe that is as of, I think that's updated. We'll have, yeah. have 769, right?
0: Who are Oshkosh's wins? I don't know. Atlanta gets, it's blah,
1: <laughs> Do we have Oshkosh's uh, um, resume up to someone, the, the, the five wins there that Oshkosh has? Does someone have that handy? Me, uh...
2: I, I told you it's one against River Falls, two against Whitewater.
1: I mean, if I'm picking the best basketball team at this point and, and I know a team won those games against the other resumes here, 630 or not. I mean,
0: I know. Just, but at some point, the other argument is great. You won those, but you also lost 10 games. And and that's I mean, the wins are nice. Well, and, I, and I'm not disagreeing with that. I just want to remind people that it also comes down sometimes that your losses will be will be be criticized just as much, too. Mm-hmm.
1: No, no, no question. Uh, every team has a significant issue here.
2: Just for the playing devil's advocate, if we compare Keene and Oshkosh with the uh, two wins to the SOS, we, we would be looking at the 17 and 10 for Oshkosh. And uh, and we'd be looking at a 17 and 11 for Keene State if we do the, that comparison as, as you go. And if those are up against each other, it's Oshkosh no-brainer. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm looking no. in the Atlantic at TCNJ. I'm wondering if their 18 and 8 becomes a factor. I'm also looking at St. Thomas at 19 and 7. I'm starting to wonder if win loss percentage starts to become any bit of a factor. I, we've known that the S has driven the ship to some degree, and, I, and obviously, all the criteria is equal, and we've seen it where it hasn't driven the ship. And Rochester is another example last year. But at some point also, the committee has been leaning away from SOS and win-loss has been at least acknowledged. And I'm wondering at if stage, at it's some technology. point this becomes a conversation of what are these win-loss percentages looking like and are their SOSs at least not bad? I mean, do they at least put a decent resume together? I know Oshkosh is... SOS is outstanding, but one would argue you didn't win against it. You, 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 you lost 10 of those games. You six 630 against it. Whereas some teams may have a 527 SOS. They at least won more of their games than you did. And I'm, and I'm wondering if we start seeing that line start to be
2: danced. If we go that direction, though, we got to throw Mount St. Joe in there then, right?
0: That's my point. I think this is where Mount St. Joe becomes an interesting conversation. Arguably, Letourneau becomes an interesting conversation. Um, Brockport becomes an interesting conversation. Uh, TCNJ is on the border. I don't love them right now. But St. Thomas enters the, the equation again. You know, we're talking St. Thomas with two more wins and three less losses than Oshkosh. Um you know that yeah. Mount Saint Joseph has three more wins and five less losses than Mount than than Oshkosh, and I'm wondering if that becomes a factor to some degree. You know, I've talked to Kevin Van Der Streek in the committee over the years, or over the over the year, and obviously I've talked to this committee over the years. They never tell you exactly how they're going to choose things. It's very hard to read the tea leaves, and I think right now, when they were doing this, they were probably ready to throw things. Um, but I, I do get this sense that they don't want. They don't want to discount a team for at least still winning. Um, I think
1: um, when you look when you get to this stage, there's there's these three um, numbers. I think you start looking for like everyone's got one of the numbers that's not in a great spot, but who's got who's got or the data points that are good? So like T C N J, you could say that the only thing positive they have going is maybe that three and five. Oshkosh has the two outstanding numbers: the 602, the, the five and six. Brockport, um, you know, they've got kind of a straight across the board OK resume. Mount Saint Joseph, pretty solid across the board. Moravian, the five and five sticks out. Um, Keene State, to me, Keene State kind of has that five seventy-six three and four. Um, but the, the 679 is low. Letourneau, the 506, jumps out on the bad side. St. Thomas with 1-2, uh, and two, just one win. I think that's a separating factor. So you're, you're at the point where you have to start deciding which couple things jump out to you. And that, that's the nitty-gritty here.
2: And that's why I still feel like I would go towards Keene State, if only because... They're over that Mendoza line. And I don't know what we want to do there because I do agree. Head-to-head with Oshkosh, based on the criteria, Oshkosh is better. But uh, how are we weighing that? You know, there's don't three like of us. Keen, we to be, have be to... honest
0: with you, I don't like Keene State here. I don't know why, but something about, well, no. I, don't, I hate them, though. No. I don't, you know, gosh darn it. Ah, <laughs> I'm literally looking for others. I mean, Brockport's 19-7 and seven with a five twenty one. They're two wins, including a win over Oswego at three.
1: I think if you talk Brockport, I, I'm just looking at the team from in the uh, the board. Mount St. Joseph seems to have a better case than than Brockport. So Mount St. Joseph, better winning percentage, the same SOS, and virtually identical RRO, 2-3 versus 2-2. Two two. I think Mount St. Joseph, for me, is ahead of Brockport.
0: And I think Mount St. Joseph has a win over Hanover, who's number two. Am I correct?
2: They have a win over Hanover and a win over John Carroll. That's their two so regional. So two and
0: seven yeah I'm starting to like Mount St. Joseph here a little bit. I know they've got a low SOS at five eleven but that twenty and five is just screaming at me
1: now Mount St Joseph you just said five eleven i I think they're better than that, aren't they they're uh I've got them at five
2: twenty three yeah that's, remember Dave that number I sent you didn't include today's game so they're up you. a little bit.
0: thank you so yeah five twenty three so that's even better argument for me for Mount St Joseph at this point
1: i would I would take them over TCNj yeah. Um, it's hard to compare them to Oshkosh. It's such a tough comparison. I take them over Brockport. I would take them over Moravian.
2: I the would. only question I would have at this point is the Moravian uh, games. I just looked that up. Uh, they've got two wins over Susquehanna, which is big, and also one over Scranton. Um, I'm trying to figure out oh, which other ones have been like They've beaten Catholic, um, which snuck in at the bottom. And then I'm not sure where the other one, maybe somebody who's dropped off. Um, So it may just be four. I got to check the east and see the Atlantic. Yeah, they may just have four. Maybe somebody who's dropped off since we had our numbers together. But two wins over Susquehanna is more impressive than Mount St. Joe's one win over Hanover, right?
0: We've uh, <laughs> got a better record than Susquehanna. And is Susque- a two, Susquehanna's a three. Yeah. I- I'm kind of leaning. Oh, wow.
1: Splitting split air. This is the point. We're splitting airs. I mean, it's tough tough to see. And this is where, you know, I hope folks, when they see the brackets tomorrow, whatever way things turn out for your team, this is what the committee is going through right here. There's, yeah. there's no right or wrong answer to this process
0: at this point let's take well, a quick I, we'll go ahead
2: i was just gonna say i know we've really prided ourselves on getting most of them correct but this could be one year i mean we're gonna have to guess one way or another on keen state and oshkosh right whether the sos not makes necessarily up or not.
0: we may not even i nope. mean there may be other teams that come into the conversation there. i
2: just mean we have to, we're gonna have to guess on whether the committee is willing to overlook that those wreck the winning percentage or not i mean they're either going to or they're not and that could mean we mess up all four of these, um, just depending on which way we decide to go.
0: Let's so. take a quick two-minute break just to catch a breath, and we'll come back. Maybe we'll have an answer. Maybe we won't, but we'll at least try it. So let's take a break. We'll be back with more on these last four picks. I have a feeling we're on the doorstep of picking this This one. It's the next three that I, I, we might want to pull our eyes out on, but we'll be back with more hoops after this.
4: I used to never really look ever Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
5: This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at our definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. At
6: George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known, personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means we'll listen to you and with you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more.
7: We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're at D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I'd say
1: Joseph Oshkosh.
7: We're
0: back, by the way. (laughs) Commercial ran out. We are trying to still figure this one out. we got four picks left in our men's max selections, and we're probably going to have to step on it a little bit, which means we might make some selections that aren't that pretty. Um, And if there's ever a year to be completely off from what the committee does, it is definitely this year. I'm hedging my bets. Um, if you got questions, you can certainly try and contact us. We are trying to bang this out. I know a lot of people are asking, hey, where's someone going to host and where's so-and-so going to go? We're, we're focused on selections right now. We will release a mock bracket uh, later this evening. Uh, uh, a reminder that the men's bracket will be tomorrow, 1230 Eastern Time, women at 2.30 Eastern Time. You can get all that information on d3hoops.com and watch it along with us. Um, Bob Quillman to the right, Ryan Scott to the left. Go ahead, sir.
2: I was just going to say, as soon as we're done here, I'm headed right to the bracket. So if we go quick enough, we may get it to you before you're off the air.
0: Oh, hey now. Easy. (laughs) Don't be so fun. No, I'm kidding. That'd be fun. Uh, We do have women's selections still to come. James Wagner will be joining me to help do that. Gordon Mann as well behind the scenes. He might even join us on air. You never know. Um, All right, guys, we were kind of leaning towards Mount St. Joseph. I know Ryan's been a little bit on the fence on that one. I'm still kind of leaning towards it. I know Bob is. Ryan, any last thoughts before we have to make a decision here?
2: Okay, so while we're in break, I changed my mind. And the reason I did is because I looked at Keene State and I looked at the team behind them, which is Endicott. Endicott has a 786 winning percentage and a 521 SOS. That is a near identical resume to Mount St. Joseph, and the National Committee chose to leave Keene State ahead of them, which leads me to believe that a resume like Mount St. Joseph is not as favorable in their eyes as one like Keene State, and I happen to think Oshkosh is even better than Keene State. I'm willing to go Oshkosh here.
0: You're saying the one-on-one one versus regionally ranked by Endicott?
2: That one is Middlebury.
0: And 2 and one for Mount St. Joseph?
2: They're two and two because they just lost two to Hanover two, right. today.
0: Two and two, with a win um, over I would also a win over a number two though.
2: Endicott's win is Middlebury, and their loss is Babson. And it, to me, it just that's an. I mean, they've got two extra wins. To me, that's an, a, a near identical resume, and the committee chose Keene State. And I don't know if I well, would let's also
0: died. remember one other thing. MIT is actually sandwiched in between Keene State, MIT and sure. Endicott. They just happen to be not there. So it's not like they directly put Keene State ahead of Endicott. They put them ahead of a couple teams here. That's a more interesting scenario. I think the SOS from Keene State is what's jumping out here. I'm fine with maybe I, putting Keene State in then. That's a I, heck, I, heck of that's so, going to be a heck of a pick out of the Northeast. So, Ryan, were you were you Oshkosh here?
2: I was actually saying, if we're going strictly by the numbers, I think Oshkosh is better than Keene State, and I would go Oshkosh.
0: I would also go Oshkosh. I'm I'm not on the table that the committee is going to take a 630. I'm not. I don't see a 630 getting there. I don't see a 10-loss team pick. and I know their SOS is outstanding, and I know they're ahead of some teams, but I think the 630 is a glaring no-no. And if they do it, so be it. And if I'm dead wrong, so be it. I just – I don't think we've seen anything, and I certainly haven't heard anything that tells me a 6.30 is going to do it because ultimately we always hear this from the committee. You still got to go games, and if you can't win two-thirds of your games, I'm a little surprised if Oshkosh is going to get into this.
2: And I'm fine with that reasoning. I'm fine to go Keene State, but uh... – And
0: I'm fine with Keene State too. By the way, I, you know, Rochester I think might have been the one we missed last year. We we I think we picked Rochester into the tournament with that 6.80 uh, win-loss and got parked by the committee, so – you know we have done that where we have gone with a Keene State type pick so if you want to go Keene, I'm fine with that i'll I, 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 you've you've made a, a valid argument for me
1: Bob that was my initial uh thought here when we got to this this round was Keene state and and I certainly am, am really good with that
2: so I guess you're just faster than Dave and I <laughs> figuring out what's the right thing to do
1: <laughs> yeah no I think Keene State I, I like the 576 and the three and four and the 679, which is better than ob- obviously where Oshkosh is with that 630.
2: So we're going to go. Yeah. Keen- why not? Let's, let's just it's go. It's not Keen perfect, state. but it's something
1: who hits the board in the, uh, the Northeast. That's,
2: That's
0: Endicott. Endicott. Next. So. So you know, Endicott comes to the state. table and you know what I'm going to do is we still have one more men's interview. I wouldn't mind getting that in now. This allows us to maybe dabble with this ugly stuff. Um, so let's, why don't we do that? Why don't we, why don't we, we got three picks left. we got another interview. It's coming up with Nichols, men's basketball coach, Nichols into the tournament for the first time in program history um, with a first conference win in program history. Uh, we'll talk to him, but let's reset the board. Bob, who is sitting at the table that we will be discussing during the break?
1: Yeah. Now that we picked Keene state, we've got a from the Atlantic, Oshkosh from the central, Rockport from the East, Mount St. Joseph from the Great Lakes, Moravian from the Mid-Atlantic, Endicott from the Northeast, Laterno from the South, and St. Thomas. So somewhere in this mix, we've got three picks left to make, 19, 20, and 21.
0: So with that, we will be back. I'm going to talk to the Nicholsmen while we figure out who the next three picks are, potentially, or at least two and leave one for, for drama. I don't know. Hopefully we figure it out, though. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios, still ahead the women's selections. Those guys will get to, to take off from that. I don't. That's because I'm the sucker. The sucker is right here. the <laughs> Presented by D3 Hoops. We'll be back after this.
8: College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum. It's an experience you won't forget. The game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today
9: and visit the house that college basketball built.
10: That's right, when you hit the court, you imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance, a monster dunk or no-look pass, and cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court.
2: I'm a current Division III student athlete and I remember how intimidating the first year of college can be.
1: So if you're a first year
0: student athlete and nervous about coming out you, I pledge to stand by your side as your ally.
11: If you can play, you can play Division III. We are Division III student athletes, and you can be, too. If you can play, you can play in Division III.
10: Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th, at the Salem Civic, Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com/tickets slash for your tickets today.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville Special, the Selection Sunday edition. I am your host, Dave McHugh. We're taking another break so that we can talk about some selections off-air and get this process sped up a little bit, um, and we will come out with our next group of selections are when we come back. This is another pre-taped segment with another guest here on the show. But if you have questions for us, don't forget, you can always email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. You can tweet them to us, at d3hoopsville. Use the hashtag hoopsville. And you can also join us on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Do Now, though, we get a lot of questions on a night like tonight. If you don't see an answer immediately, please bear with us. We will certainly answer your question. Uh, as soon as we possibly can, um, if it is a repetitive question, meaning we've gotten that question a lot, definitely bear with us. We'll we'll recap some of our answers in a bit. Again, more selections coming up, more mock selections on the men's side uh, in just a bit. But first, we want to take a time and, and talk to another conference champion. And this one's the one that's been knocking on the door, as it were, for quite some time, trying to get into the NCAA tournament despite the fourth consecutive 20-plus win season. Nichols has been the, oh, the, the, the Cinderella, I guess. The, the, at some point, it, it all comes crashing to an end in a conference title game, and the NCAA tournament hopes are dashed. Well, they reversed that fortune yesterday, and they may have knocked Endicott out of its chances of making the NCAA tournament. So, joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville hotline is the Nichols football coach, Tom Glenn, after their big win over Endicott to win the conference championship. Coach, congratulations. Thanks, Dave, and thanks for having me on. Uh first ever championship if I'm not mistaken. Uh it feels like you guys literally have broken through here. Right.
12: Uh
8: we we have we have uh, my it was my third year and we were able to you know for, fortunate enough to win the regular season um title, you know, all, all three years in the last couple of years we just, you know, um didn't get it done. We, um you know outplayed by some other very good teams, and uh, yesterday it all all came together down the stretch yesterday.
0: Um, what is the and you've how I many? It was a four straight conference championship games you guys have been in, um, and unfortunately have lost the previous three. Um, what made this one different, if that makes any sense?
8: Sure. Um, uh, yes, it was just, just a great environment. I mean, Bob, an hour before the game, is um, you know about eighteen hundred people are in attendance hour before the game. Just a great atmosphere, and our kids just stayed, stayed so composed down the stretch. Final two minutes of the game, um, kids were so composed. Marcos Etchvier just kept making play after play and, you know, big shot after big shot and just his leadership out on the court. Um, just evident, and the kids just did a great job executing those final few minutes.
0: You obviously play a team that you know darn well in Endicott. You lost right. to them by uh, 13 back on, on January 14th. You beat them by five at home back on on February 8th. So this being a home game certainly was important. Uh, the all-time series, I think this was the 28th time you, you, the two teams have faced each other, and Endicott's won 17 of those, though you guys have been on a bit of a tear here. What was the difference in between the game you played on the fourteenth of January and now? And was it really just about the fact you were at home?
8: Sure. Um this whole year we're very we have a very young group this year. We start, you know, three freshmen, uh, you know, a sophomore co-captain. That's you know our player of the year in the conference. It's had a very young team this year. We started off a little slow, um, and then we kind of figured it out. Kept getting better. Peaked at the right time, and you know just won eleven in a row. But the this year, late, like felt all year. The Indicots and the Roger Williams, we just kind of looking up at them in the standings all year, and then kind of these last couple of weeks, we just you know made a jump in those standings. they able to get the one seed. Um, that Indicot team is very good, and we played um, the first time around, they really jumped us early. To great start, and uh, but they know Kevin does a great job with that team, and they were they didn't enough to um. You know, get them in our place in February and host, host yesterday's
0: game. Yeah, it was a fascinating uh, finish to the end of the season. Uh, Roger Williams at one point was leading the conference. They ended up finishing third at 13-5. and five. Gordon was trying to make their way into the conversation. Uh, yourselves, along with Endicott, it, it was it seemed like a revolving door at one point in the first place category. Uh, yeah. It ended up coming down to a tiebreaker between the two of you for home court, which you ended up winning. Um, but it felt like the top of the CCC was a little bit more exciting than it has been traditionally.
8: No, the league was very good this year. Every year I've been in the lead, the league just keeps getting better. Um, you know, yeah. Roger Williams is right there every year. Coach Tyler does a great job with that team, and you know, you know the run that Kevin Benford's on, and they got the last, you know, three years, two NCAA tournament appearances, Gordon every year, and Wentworth. Down the line, There's, you know the league is, you know, solid, and it's just uh, it's you know, you know it's tough to get it done, not night in and night out during that regular season.
0: Um, talking with uh, Coach Glenn here, the Nichols head coach uh, here on this Hoopsville special. If you're curious and just tuning in, we will get you more of our mock selections when we are done with Coach Glenn here. This is pre-recorded to give ourselves to do some work behind the scenes. Coach, you've been in this situation before the last couple of years that you've been there and the program's been there. That going to the championship game, 20-plus win season. And knowing that unless you win, you're probably not making the NCAA tournament, it's got to have been pretty tough over the last couple of years to deal with that, especially last season when you finished 25 and 4. Um, when you look at what now breaking through means, does it feel like literally this huge weight has been taken off your
7: shoulders? Uh, um, I know
0: I
8: yesterday for you know, our alumni that. Over, you know, 30, 40 of our alums back on campus, um, just, you know, our student body. That's have for everybody, our, you know, our, our athletic administration, our upper campus administration. Everyone's just so supportive of our program. And the pr- pressure was awful with this year. The last couple of years we were, you know, picked you know picked in the preseason polls. And, you know, this year just having such a young group and, you know, being picked third in the preseason poll, expectations weren't great as high as has been in the past and you know the kids just play so loose and uh you know just fun style of play going up and down and it just uh you know came together and the kids you know just made it happen yesterday
0: five seniors on this squad um though you're led by a sophomore captain uh i hope i say marcus's last name correctly here Echeverria. um Echeveria. Eche- Oh, okay very good uh 23 plus points a game ah, that's right. not too shabby four <laughs> rebounds a game four and a half assists a game. Uh, pretty good shooting numbers 88%, 89% from the free throw line, 41% from the Beyond the Arc. Also, De, uh, Deontay Burton, 21.3 points a game, uh, four rebounds a game, three assists a game, shoots nearly 50% from the floor, 34% from Beyond the Arc. Those are two guards, at least in numbers, there. They definitely give you a lot of uh, firepower, as it were. But it's also interesting. Um, your leading rebounder is uh, Jerome Cunningham. He's fifth on the team in scoring, though you got three guys at knocking on the door of, of, of double digits, and he's got he's knocking on the door on double digits in both points and rebounds. But it feels a little, I don't want to say guard heavy. But that's the numbers that jump out of us are two spectacular guards. Right, right. I uh,
8: know those two players are. You know, just special kids, special players. I mean, I mean, Marco. You know, in sophomore year right now, has scored over 1,200 points already. Um, he's led us in scoring the last few years, and he's just worked so hard. Great leader. He's you know super talented. Yes, you know yesterday's game. Um, you know, I know uh, we work on a lot of in the game situations, and. I uh, guess he just coached the team, put the team on his back those final few minutes. So he's just, you know, special kid. Um, and then Deontay Bruden from, you know, conference rookie of the year, team all conference. Um, great addition to our program. Stepped in, you know, day one has made such a, such an impact. He's, you know, very talented, and just the, kid, the kid, he just wants to win, and um, just rubs off on everybody.
0: Is you scoring 90 points a game, giving up 77? I feel like this is a team maybe that has to, to outgun its way, as it were, in games. Is, it, it, do, is this more offense first, and we'll take care of the defense when we need to?
8: Sure. Um, I, you know, being so young this year, we really kind of numbers have picked up as the year went on. Like like I mentioned, Jerome Cunningham, he's had five game, five or six games in a row. In a double. Um, He led our league in blocks, so he really came along, and, you know, the defense just picked up, you know, as as the calendar moved, you know, January into February. So the numbers, you know, started off, we we, we had a tough time getting stops, but um, yesterday we held a very good Indicott team, you know, in the 60s, which is one of our goals. The defense just, you know, know, really tightened up during this 11-game win streak. But, um, but, but offensively, yes, I, um, we do want to get out and run. We, you know, start the three guards. You also start freshman Tyler Dion, who's had, had a very good freshman year for it, just under 10 points a game. So um, with Tyler and Deontay and Marcos um, and Day Corning, uh, you know, a you know, number of guards that can really shoot the ball and play fast. So we do want to, you know, get out and run, and then we've been focusing a lot this year and really getting stops in the half court.
0: What's interesting is you kind of had a, a – um gut check at, at one point in this season we talked about that endicott loss that was the second of three losses in four games span of 10 days right lost to eastern nazarene at, at home by two lost to endicott as we mentioned on the road beat salve virginia regina but uh, rather easily and then wentworth returned the favor beat you rather easily right. then you went on this 11 game winning streak that certainly feels like that was the turning point of the season. What right. happened during that stretch? What changed to go into this stretch
8: sure um uh, i you know really just having a number of new players this year and new faces um you know in and, and our team's very talented R- roster's clearly very talented um, uh, we had to learn how to win in college basketball, what it takes to win conference games, what it takes to go uh, win on the road in the conference, and going through that two week stretch when we went. One and three over that two-week stretch, the the kids really figured out. Okay, here's what we got to do to win. We got to tighten up the defense. We got to limit our turnovers, and really value every possession. And um, so, yeah, two-week gap was it was a tough, tough stretch. We've you know, my time here, we've never um, you know had that many losses um, you know during a two or three-week gap. So um, the kids figured it out how to kind of put it all together. What it takes to win in college basketball.
0: So what's the excitement level like? I mean, it's got to be a little bit crazy. First ever NCAA tournament appearance. First ever conference championship. Um, are there any other firsts that we've maybe forgotten about that are significant? I mean, the 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 buzz level has got to be pretty uh, pretty astoundingly high.
8: It is. It is. No, I, I'm i just so happy for uh, you know our campus, our student body, our players. We um, I'm in a great situation at Nichols. We have um, when I you know refer to as the team behind. What I mean by that is I've worked for a great athletic director and Chris Colvin, who, you know, we're great support from our athletic department. Our upper campus administration uh, really supports our program and our alumni get back and our, our, our student body is just tremendous And our local community. We had yesterday, uh, we had a noon start. There was a gym at, at, at 11 o'clock an hour before the game, just so excited about everything. So uh, I was just so happy to get that win yesterday because it meant so much to us, so many people.
0: Well, we're certainly impressed that the Bison have busted through, as it were, um, to get to the NCAA tournament. We'll certainly keep an eye on Endicott, though we're confident. I think you guys kind of all both knew that going to that game it was win or take all. Um, But congratulations on getting that championship and getting to the NCAA tournament. Uh, I assume it's all gravy from here. Does it really matter what happens next weekend? And I I mean that uh, sincerely. Right. Uh, no, no. Um, I, I mean, we can't wait. To, you know, can't wait till
8: Monday to find out where we're going. Um, we're playing our best basketball of the year, and I, um, you know, I, I, I really think we can make a run of this thing. We're very talented, and um, we're, we're just, um, you know, peaking at the right times. So like, you know, our kid, our kids can't wait to play next
0: weekend. Well, looking forward to seeing where you end up going and and who you end up playing. Congratulations again. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who uh, may be tuning in?
8: Sure. Uh, no, Dave, uh, Thank you again for having me on, and uh, I'm really looking forward to um, you know, checking everything out uh, the rest of the way here in D3.
0: Well, thank you, Coach. Take care of yourself, and good luck next week. All right, thanks, Dave. The Nichols Bison are dancing in the NCAA tournament thanks to a tremendous victory over Endicott. In the CCC championship game, first ever, as we said, for the school or I should say for the program, first ever NCAA tournament appearance as well. And no, if you're wondering, we don't know where the bison are in uh, southern Massachusetts, North Connecticut or northwestern Rhode Island. That's kind of where you'll find Nichols. um, Who knows? Maybe it was just someone had a saw bison. And it's a fascinating topic of where they got their mascot. We'll, we'll figure it out someday. Uh, we'll, we'll. With that note, we'll the mock selections. I wonder who we've now selected and what crazy mascots are now dancing in the NCAA tournament along with the bison. We'll find out next. If you got questions, you know how to get a hold of us. Uh, Back with more, including maybe a little bit more of a push on our fundraising campaign. It's gotten a bit of a kick recently. How about a little bit more, huh? We've got more Hoopsville, the special, coming up next here from the WBCA NABC Studios. Hoopsville is presented by D3Hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville Special, the Selection Sunday edition. I am your host, Dave McHugh. We're taking another break so that we can talk about some selections off air and get this process sped up a little bit. Um, and we will come out with where our next group of selections
13: are when we come back. This is another pre-tape segment. With my host. name, it's Marcus Walker. I was all-state, won a state championship, a high school all-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. We've got more schools than Division I,
7: more fans than Division II, and more upsets. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships and we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're at d3hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
14: When George Fox University was founded in 1891, its creators envisioned two things, a challenging educational experience and a community where students could deepen their faith. 155 years later, the core of who we are remains unchanged, and our focus on the whole person, our be known promise, remains as vibrant and relevant today as it was back then. At George Fox University, you'll never be a number, you will be known.
15: Cheer for the star that he should have had that and the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the It's in those moments that champions are born.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. We are nearly done with our men's selections. We will be done by the top of the hour. I can promise you that. And then we will switch to women, so we'll use a commercial break or an interview to help transition there. Um, Yes, the scrolling information at the bottom is how you can ask us questions. We'll certainly try and answer those questions as we are about to get ready to reveal the last selections on the men's side. It's a little bit more difficult. We would have been done by now in the past. (laughs) We got two extra bids this year, and it has proven challenging. Joining me on the City of Salem Skype hotline once again is Ryan Scott on the left, Bob Quillman on the right. We had, um, I don't know if we announced it or not, but our 18th pick ended up being King State. A little bit of a surprise out of the Northeast. Just couldn't ignore some of the criteria, so ignore some of the numbers. And so we decided to State. That left TCNJ, Oshkosh, Brockport, Mount St. Joseph, Moravian, Endicott, Letourneau, and St. Thomas at the table. And Bob, where'd we go from there?
1: Yeah, we picked Endicott. When we looked at Endicott, 786, 522, 3 and 4, we picked Endicott from the Northeast in that 19th spot. Again, that left TCNJ, Oshkosh, Brockport, Mount St. Joseph, Moravian, Mass Dartmouth, Laterno, and St. Thomas. And uh, we in, the, in, in spot number 20, we went with Mount St. Joseph.
0: Yeah, eventually that 20 wins uh, just was tough to ignore St. Joseph, and replacing them in the Great Lakes becomes Ohio Wesleyan, and we're now down to our final pick. TCNJ, Oshkosh, Brockport, Ohio Wesleyan, Moravian, Um, Mass Dartmouth, Letourneau, and St. Thomas at the table, and we're basically down to about three teams, I think is fair to say. We're debating between St. Thomas, Wesleyan, and Moravian, or am I missing one in this equation, guys?
1: We should mention that you know during one of the breaks we, we had we had decided that that Oshkosh at six thirty was not competitive. Tomorrow, when the bracket comes out, Oshkosh might be on it, and if so, it's the start of a new era in Pool C. But we felt that that the Central Region ranking Oshkosh where where it did blocked the teams under Oshkosh because we just couldn't put six thirty up. So uh, we have not placed Oshkosh. And uh, we have kind of eliminated TCNJ. We don't like TCNJ's resume. We don't like Oshkosh's 630. Um, we're kind of down here to Moravian, Ohio Wesley, and St. Thomas. Is that fair to say, guys, that's kind of the three we're at here?
2: Yeah. Well, then, honestly, in the break, we were arguing between Moravian, and Ohio Wesley, and I don't think any of the three of us were fighting for St. Thomas at this point, are we?
0: No, but I just knew that they were in the mix. Um, very similar resume to the other two. My argument for Ohio is they've got a better winning percentage than Moravian by seven by seven fifty to a seven twenty with three more wins at twenty one wins and seven losses. We have taken similar win loss already in previous selections. I mean Salisbury is an example at twenty and seven. There went there were uh, SOS is a five fourteen, but we have you know Mounts we've taken a five eleven or no Mount St. Joseph was a five twenty three. I keep getting that wrong. I apologize. Um, so the five fourteen is a little on the scary side. They do have a win over Worcester. They're two and four, I think, roughly two and four versus regionally ranked. It looks like Moravian is maybe riding that four and four or four and five results versus regionally ranked with an SOS that's only marginally better um, by by 0.01, I believe, or one point oh one five. I personally like Ohio Wesleyan because there's something about that twenty one wins at the table feels like can't be ignored.
1: You know, I, I like, um, I'm, I'm more Moravian just by the, the, the numbers. Again, I haven't seen Moravian play. Don't know a thing about them. I'm just looking at the criteria. And I don't like Ohio Wesleyan's 514. I think that's really low at this point, whereas Moravian has 720, 527. The big thing for me, the 5 and 5 in, in RRO, they have five wins over regionally ranked. And to me, that's that really stands out. As I look at their resume, I, I go with Moravian in 21. Brian, where are you?
2: I was, as you know, during the break, um, I said Moravian for that exact reason. Although, um, what Dave said, we went with Endicott because they had a lot of wins. And we went with uh, Mount St. Joe because they had a lot of wins. I feel like if we if we made the choice earlier to, to do that with these last few picks, that Ohio Wesleyan makes sense, I, I really... I mean, this is a coin flip for me. <laughs> I oh, guess is. I'm the deciding vote, aren't I? <laughs> I?
0: No, I think it is a coin flip.
2: It, it, Ryan,
1: you are. This is this is the beautiful thing, is that we've got an Ohio Wesleyan vote from Dave, a Moravian for me. You are deciding on the 21st pick, and Ryan, <laughs> you will uh, announce that. And who will it be?
0: <laughs> well done, Bob. Well done.
2: I think I'm going to choose Ohio Wesleyan.
0: Wow. How about that, folks of Ohio?
2: Sorry. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Moravian folks. It's a good, compelling case, but those three, three extra wins. It's not one, it's not two. That's three wins. Um, all of Moravians in region. I mean, uh, regionally ranked wins were in conference, um, and I know they've. The committee's talked about not not rewarding or punishing a team for that, and I, I feel like I'm comfortable going Ohio Wesleyan here. Of course, we could we see the bracket tomorrow, and it could be Oshkosh and Illinois Wesleyan. Absolutely.
0: Instead, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and and listen, if it happens I, right here on the show, I'll be like, we've had a change. Hi, Kevin Vanderstreak, you're on the show. What has happened? We'll talk about that change to be sure um, if that were to happen. I just, my gut tells me uh, the 630 isn't going to happen, but who knows. But on that token, let's just give everybody who our selections were. Um Babson was our first Susquehanna, then Whitewater, Rochester, then Tufts, Williams White uh, Whitworth Wesleyan, New Jersey City, Salisbury followed by Amherst, Amherst being the fifth and Nescac N- team in. Then we selected Emory Hope, Skidmore St. Lawrence, Cabrini Augustana, followed by Keene State, Endicott, which were where we would have ended last year, but then two more picks and we drag him out of the Great Lakes, Mount St. Joseph and Ohio Wesleyan. Leaving T C N J Oshkosh Brockport Moravian Dartmouth Laternal Saint Thomas and Great Lakes making an appearance at the very last moment, but not having any argument. John Carroll, gentlemen, your thoughts before we let you go.
1: Yeah, I think just a really interesting process and in how much of a just a crapshoot it is in the final, the the final four or five picks. Really, this was really difficult for us to to separate any of these teams. So. Whatever way the bracket comes out tomorrow, guys, you got to respect the work of the committee. Um the other thing is regional committees have to do a good job stacking their teams up. We felt like they blocked the central with Oshkosh. again, maybe maybe that ends up not being the case, but it's really important to step to line your teams up right.
0: And we should point out too, the national committee committee could have made that change as well, moving Oshkosh into that position based on whatever they wanted to, but you you make a valid point in those racks, Ryan? Any final thoughts before we let you go as well?
2: No, other than, like I said before, this is a lot harder. You know, I've been involved kind of behind the scenes for a couple of years, but being on and having to make the choices, you know, it, it's a difficult process. And uh, I all the credit to these guys, um, you know, it's not just a mock bracket for them, it's real. And they're the ones choosing whether a team's in or out. We're not. Um, and I can respect the pressure and, and the the care that they take to do it right.
0: Any thoughts on, on hosting? I'm not trying to say give me your hosts, but any quick thoughts? think hosts are
2: oh in terms of of the bracketing yeah, i actually in general, just knowing
0: who we have in do we do we have any favorites on who we definitely think we may be hosting
2: well i think whitman will be hosting
7: yes
0: i think
2: whitman's a safe uh player. marietta babson um he i think Emory will have to host for geographic um christopher newport um I don't know, newman river falls uh middlebury that's as far as I think I've gotten. Rochester, probably. I think that's as far as I've gotten, but that's where I'm headed next cool. to start finding those hosts.
0: Exactly. Bob, any any thoughts on that department? Yeah.
1: Obviously coming out, uh, losing today, but still should be in a great shape to to host. And other than that, the Pool C selection process has just worn me down, and I'm out of brain power.
3: Dave,
0: I don't you. blame you, sir. Uh, you're Old a couple stuff. hours back, so you can go get dinner while we continue on.
1: All right, guys, this has been a, a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. To everyone whose team is in the tournament and everyone whose team is not, have a wonderful Division Three tournament this year, guys.
0: Thank you, sir. Brian, thank you as well, and uh, appreciate it. You guys uh, go enjoy the rest of your evenings.
1: You too.
11: Thank
0: All you. All right, so Ryan and Bob joining me on the men's selections. Guess what? We still have women's selections left to go. <laughs> fun stuff. We're going to take a break. We're actually going to talk to Christopher Newport women's basketball coach Bill Broderick about their team getting into the tournament, and then we will start breaking down the women's selections. Thank you for watching us on the men's selections. We will be posting those shortly on d3hoops.com. They are also on the poll C board, which we tweeted out earlier. Thank you so much for taking part. No, we're mock selections. Remember, folks, this doesn't mean we definitely think these are right. We've only missed two two years ago on the men's side. And we I'm sorry, we missed none on the men's side two years ago. We missed one last year. I should correct ourselves. We actually had TC uh, New Jersey City in last year, and they did not make it. Um, I mentioned Rochester last year. I guess we didn't select Rochester at all. On the women's side, we missed two the previous year and one last year. We will see how we do on the women's side. James Wagner will join me, and we will go through those. Uh, we have not been able to glean the women's rankings as much as we thought. We will make another effort while Bill, you hear the interview from Bill. Hope you enjoyed that. I'll try and answer some questions. I try and bang out a couple as we speak. Um, Matt asked us, do you think St. Vincent or Greenville will get at large bids this year? Uh, my answer is no. Um, I've seen, uh, let's see... Um, I know there's a lot of people who thought Eau Claire should be in. Here's the deal. They were buried behind Illinois Wesleyan and Oshkosh. I don't think they got to the table to even be a look at them. I know I'm not a fan of Oshkosh fan, but the WIAC has, has been competitive as has been in many years. They unexpectedly lost at home to Stout in their first game of the season, but Stout was hot from the first five games. They played tremendous defense and can score from outside as well as inside. Very balanced with some depth. I get all of this, folks. Uh, put in a 10. Year you won't be disappointed. Five teams out of six. Listen, I get that, but a seven a six thirty SOS just feels like too much uh, of a of a bit of a of a stretch, and I just can't do it. Um, I just I don't think the committee's gonna do it. Doesn't mean we're not wrong. It does not mean someone doesn't say otherwise tomorrow. Um Heard online, you mentioned somewhere that the selected teams will be refreshed. Can you please share that info? Uh, I think we've been doing that. We certainly have been trying. College of Worcester will get a host spot. No, I do not think Worcester will get a host spot. On that note, we're going to take a break. When I, like I said, when we come back, we will talk to Bill Broderick, Christopher Newport Women's Basketball Coach in hoops will presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this.
13: My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and play college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center.
7: We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets
14: When George Fox University was founded in 1891, its creators envisioned two things, a challenging educational experience, and a community where students could deepen their faith. hundred and twenty-five years later, the core of who we are remains unchanged, and our focus on the whole person, our be-known promise, remains as vibrant and relevant today as it was back then. At George Fox University, you'll never be a number. You will be known.
15: Cheer for the stomachs. The heat shoulda had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. Cheer for the stumbles, the he shoulda had that, and the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. stumbles, that he should have had that, and the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. Cheer for the stumbles. The heat shoulda had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. for the stumbles that he should have had that. And the tears that linger for in those moments, greatness lies. There you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. Cheer for the stumbles, the he shoulda had that, and the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. And welcome back to Hoops everybody the selection sunday special
0: we are in, in the midst of our women's mocks selections at this point uh and i am sure you have questions if you do email us hoopsville at d3 hoops.com you can tweet us at d3 hoopsville and hashtag hoopsil, and you can join us on facebook live at facebook.com slash hoopsville the chat room on the youtube channel as we've been warning all show we get a lot of questions on, to, on a day like today please bear with us we will answer your questions when we can Also be aware, we're talking mainly women's selections here. YouTube has the cool ability that you can go backwards and watch part of our show. Maybe we'll answer one of your questions. However, we'll do our best to answer any and all questions when we see them and get opportunities, especially when we're taking breaks. Speaking of taking breaks, we're continuing our selections off air, as it were, right now. This is a pre-tape segment to give us that opportunity to make some selections and do some work without completely boring everybody were when we come back after this uh this interview we will have a number of selections to announce and we'll continue the process with you um the women's side certainly had its its fair share of exciting finishes this year as well one of the best um um, rivalries as it were and i don't want to use that in the term of longevity but just in the season was mary washington and christopher newport on the women's side in the capital athletic conference in the previous two meetings between these two teams um it it basically came down to the end um these two teams know each other way too well but on january 18th mary washington um or i should say christopher newport beat mary by eight and then on february 1st mary washington beat christopher newport by five it wasn't that way in the championship though the captains controlled the eagles pretty well on route to a 74 58 victory their first Capital Athletic Conference women's basketball championship. Up the program's first, and they're back in the NCA tournament. Just how good are the captains? Well, that's why we talk to the coaches. Joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline is the head coach of the captains' women's basketball program, Bill Broderick. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you taking the time. I am really at the final score in this game, seventy-four fifty-eight. Because of how tough you these two teams have played each other this year in the previous two matchups, did you even see that coming?
12: I did not. No, I, I definitely uh, expected it to go uh, down to the wire. Uh, <coughs> I just, you know, I, I think uh, I think one of the differences probably was, you know, we were able to, um, you know, we were able to rest our kids a little bit on Thursday. Uh, against York, and we had a, uh, you know, a whatever, 15, 20-point game, um, and Mary Walsh had to go, uh, you know, go into overtime against Marymount. And so, you know, with playing with only one day in between and having to come off, um, I think that combined kind of with the styles, you know, when we, whenever we match up against uh, really anyone in our league, it's really, really a battle of styles. And... um you know we were able to get them yesterday playing our style um getting up and down and you know obviously it was really close for really two and a half um quarters and then i think you know i think we were able to maybe wear them down a little bit uh at the end of the third quarter going into the fourth quarter but uh i tell you what they are they are an outstanding team uh they are extremely well coached um they're led by two all conference senior players um, and I'll tell you, whoever, whoever gets them in the tournament, they're, they're going to have their hands full.
0: What's interesting is they actually uh, shot better than you at 45% for the game. They were 23 of 51. You were 22 of 55. You actually made less shots than they did. Uh, <laughs> yep. The biggest difference is you were 21 of 27 from the free throw line. They were 7 of 7. It, it looks Were they just not attacking? What did you guys do differently defensively that kept them from the free throw line as often?
12: Um, You know, usually they, you know, they pound the ball inside. They've got such good post play. And so I think in the past, most of their free throws came, uh, really came from their post players. We kind of, we kind of mix it up from everybody penetrating from everywhere. And I think we were able to, uh, we, we really just doubled their post players a lot earlier And so we didn't really even give them a chance uh, to put the ball on the ground and do some different things and force them to come out. And then they were, you know, they were hitting some open threes, but we had to, you know, take our chances. Comden, she hurt us so bad at their place, had like 26 or something. And so... We knew between her and, and Parker, we had to really, really shut those two guys down. And I guess, you know, shutting them down is is probably uh, an overstatement. You know, you just want to really try to contest as best you can. I mean, they're going to get their points. Um, but we just, you know, we didn't want both of them to come out and have 30. And then we knew we, you know, we wouldn't really have much of a chance. So I think I think that was really a difference of just trying to make uh, trying to make other people beat us other than other than those
0: two. Yeah, by the way, Junior Sam Porter finished a steal away from a triple-double. I kid you not. 13 points, 10 rebounds, 9 steals. Um, maybe we need to go talk to your SIDs. I'm just saying, you know, maybe they missed an, a steal, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I like yeah, your guys. They, They're good guys, but I, you never know. Yeah. May have made a human mistake. I know. I know. You know, they, they
12: blamed me though. They blamed me for sitting her so long in the first half, but you know,
0: fair
7: point, fair point, foul
12: trouble. But yeah, uh, yeah, she is, um, you know, she's just an unbelievable athlete. Um, Her motor, I mean in 25 years I've, you know, maybe four or five other kids that have a motor like that. Um, She's so, so quick. Her instincts are just outstanding. Um, you know, to be a four-three a player, kind of an in-and-out player. Um, she just passed; uh, I think she's seventh all time uh, in school history for steals. Season she has, she has over a hundred steals this year already, and um, you know, just really, really competes. I mean, you're talking about a kid who was, uh, you know, a Division one soccer player, um, but just you know, loved basketball and just that's what she wanted to do, and so we feel really really fortunate to have her she is a a great kid and her work ethic is just off the charts and i think it's very very contagious um you know zara tanner really sets our sets the tone for our defense up front she sets the tone for the defense in the back um and i think uh and bailey Dufresne um is usually matched up against uh whoever the top guard is and then, you know, everyone else really falls into place defensively for us.
0: You have a lot of size on this team. And I think that surprises me because I've gotten so used to Christopher Newport being a guard, a bit of a guard oriented team because you've had some great guards over the years. But you've yep. got a lot of size on this team. I, I keep having to do the math over because apparently my count can't stick. But I've got <laughs> you down for nine players who are 5'10 or taller – and six of them are six foot or taller at least listed that's a lot of depth inside
12: yeah yeah we've been lucky i think our you know our style of play really lends itself to that you know we will play usually 12 to 15 each game um and i I think the girls know that you know they can go in and go as hard as they need to for 12 to 15 you know for two to three minutes and ultimately for the game, 12 to 15 minutes, and and just leave it all on the court. And I think that's been our style. I think, you know, when you look at us, um, it's very, very well balanced, um, you know, to, to lead the conference in scoring with, well, I don't know where we are, 75, whatever, a game. And we only have one kid that's barely over 10 points. Um, I mean, it's it's any player on any given night, and that's really kind of our motto. We just... You know, we, we preach the open shots, the best shot. And, um, you know, and I think with the depth and size, you know, we've been hit with some injuries uh, late here, and we're and without two of our top post players. Um, we're hoping maybe to get one back, but I, I doubt it. Um, so we really just have other kids that need to step up. And, you know, uh, we just say next woman up, and you got to be ready to go. And so I think they know
0: that. When you look mm-hmm. at team statistically, um, it feels like a pretty darn balanced squad. You're averaging seventy three and a half points a game. You've only got one player scoring in double figures, and that's Porter at twelve and a half. Um, you've got eight points from one player. There's three with seven. Uh, it feels like a very balanced and even in terms of scoring. Uh, rebounding is about the same. Porter's at seven point two, but you got six coming from another. You've got 5.5 and a half coming from a third. Uh, is that a fair representation of what you're doing as you speak, going 12 15 deep?
12: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, some of the coaches have said to me when we, you know, we'll talk in the summer or whatever, and they say, God, you know, I, I hate when we got to scout your team. He's like, it, he said, you guys are a nightmare to scout because you you really don't know. I mean, we had. You know, with, with the injuries we had, probably, you know, I guess our, you know, fifth post player, um, you know, step up and have 14 last night for us and hit four threes in the second half. Um, and And it really, it was just an opportunity for her, so... Yeah, I mean, and even Porter, I mean, you know, she she carried us. I think she had a game this year with 33 where nothing else was going well, and she was able to carry us against Salisbury. But she's also had games where we've won, and she's had two points. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, she gets a lot of her points off of her hustle, and – um, you know, rebounds and those things. And, you know, we don't run too many plays for anybody. Um, we just kind of let the, let the defense dictate where the ball goes and, you know, kind of take advantage of what's uh, open.
0: What – you guys are clicking along. This, this CAC has been went pretty deep, but it's even deeper in the mid-Atlantic region. Um, you and Mary Washington were pretty much clicking along for much of the season. Um, you were you were undefeated until we hit February. Then you hit a spot and in a week's time lost two games, once to Mary Washington, which, to be honest with you, I don't think really shocked anybody, That the way you two teams have been playing. But then Marymount are. tripped you up 62-48. Uh, if anything of this season would be labeled as ugly, might be it. Um, that one certainly took me aback, made me think, oh, wait, maybe I've been misreading things here, and, and I hate to see the wheels come off the train or off the bus a little bit here. Was it just bad timing? Was it, you know, what we normally hear of illnesses and injuries that were cropping up? What happened in that stretch there for you guys?
12: Yeah, I think, you know, when we came, uh, when we went into Mary Wash, you know, I think at that time they were, I think, seventh in the country and we were eighth or something. Um, You know, we had beat them at our our place prior. And I think, you know, they knew, obviously, if they wanted to, you know, stay in the hunt to to win the regular season and get a home, you know, home that, you know, they had to win that game. And, you know, I tried to, you know, I tried to press that upon the girls. Um, And I, you know, and I told them, I said, you know what, we came out ready to play. Um, Problem is, is they came out at a whole nother level. Um, You know, Coach Appleberry does an unbelievable job, had them ready. Uh, Fans were out. The students were out. There was almost a thousand kids in the stands. And, you know, they jumped on us 17 to one. Um, I'd used two timeouts, 17 to one. And <laughs> we were, you know, we were lucky enough. That was in the first five minutes. We were lucky enough to beat them by 11 for the rest of the game. But at that point we, we had dug too much of a hole. Yeah. And, um, so I think they just really wanted that. I think they needed that game to stay in the hunt and, and they're just a great team. I Camden really put a, you know, put the squad on their back for 26 or so. And, and just, you know, just really earned it. And, uh, you know the marymount game i think was a little different too where at that point marymount i think was 17 and 4 maybe or so, yeah 17 yeah. and 4 and i think they knew that they pretty much had to run the table in order to have a chance at an at large or to get uh you know yeah. to the tournament and and i'll tell you came in fired up um, you know, I know, I know Mary Wash edged them out in overtime. Um, but I think anybody in our conference would tell you that, that Mary Mount was playing the best basketball at the end of the year. Um, coach Rogers doesn't, a, does a great job. Um, they've got a system that they've been playing. She's been there and, and maybe even under coach Finney, um, you know, it's, it's, it's such a contrast to styles that, you know, they want to walk it up and they're going to run their sets and they're going to pack it in and, and, you know, make you make shots. And they do just a great job. And we were just a little, I mean, it was just a little flat. I think it was an emotional game for us. It was our pink game. Uh, One of our big boosters had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. And so we were, you know, we were over there and I think she was really on our mind um, and it was just, you know, it was one of those things. We had lost our starting center, but, you know, to be honest with you, uh, you know, I, I, like I tell the girls, to me, those are those are all excuses. I mean, Marymount came out, and you know, like you said, the score was maybe surprising by, you know, beat us by 12, 13, 14. I'll tell you, the game wasn't even that close.
11: Mm. Um,
12: I mean, it was a, it was a point game through the second half. I mean they came into our place and drilled us. <laughs> and so I think really it was it was a good wake up call for us. I think they really you know, they realized like, hey, look, you know, and then the the regional rankings come out and now all of a sudden you go from two or three to five and it's a reality. Hey, you know, last year we weren't expected to do anything. You know, you're playing sophomores and freshmen and you know, this year now we've got some juniors and sophomores. It's like, hey, if you you guys want an opportunity, we've got to you know we've got to turn this thing up. And you know, going into York, I mean, we've only won once at, at York since I've been here. They're such a good team. That's a really hard place to play. Uh, Coach Whitman has always got them ready. They had four seniors. It was on Senior Night. I mean, that was a must win for us because if we didn't win that game. It was going to be a three way tie between yes. us, Marymount, and Mary Wash. Because of the tiebreaker, we were actually going to finish third. Yeah. So we would have had to play Salisbury at our place, who had us beat at our place, is always a tough game for us. Then we would have had to go to Marymount and then to Mary Wash if we were able to get through that. That's a gauntlet. Yeah. And I'll tell you, and I, I'm biased in our league. Um, you know, I know the NESCAC and the UAA, and I, and Wisconsin, I mean, I know those leads are traditionally strong, but I'll tell you what, I will put the CAC up against anybody. I mean, our top three teams, I know it's mathematical, um, the way rankings and all those things come, but I'll tell you what, Marymount is clearly one of the best 64 teams in the country. It's not even close. Um, and I don't know how it works. I don't know where they are in the rankings. Um, but I think it's a shame if they don't get in, um, you know, York, when I look at some teams, you know, that's an 18 win team. Um, even look at Salisbury this year who finished sixth in the conference. I mean, they beat Catholic who's nope. number two in the region. I yeah. mean, you're, you know, you're talking about six teams in the bottom catching up a Penn state Harrisburg catching, catching, in. I mean, the league is so strong. Um, you know, that I really, really hope to, that we get three teams in there. Um, because I think they really, really, I think we deserve it. And I think they're good enough to do it.
0: The mid Atlantic I've said all season has been one of the, the deepest in the women's side, uh, probably deeper than the great lakes, uh, <laughs> I mean, we could literally see almost every team on the on the regional rankings as last week's regional rankings, you know, get selected. I mean, you get down to Moravian, and now we're kind of splitting some Absolutely. hairs a little bit. And do they really sure. get in? Who's behind Moravian that should probably be in? Marymount may now leap Moravian in that case. My question to you is: you saw yourselves drop off off the off those loss, you know, off that loss to Marymount. You saw yourselves drop in the regional rankings, and you're sitting fifth. Despite a really good winning record, the SOS is on the lower side. Were you nervous that if you didn't win this week that you might be sitting home despite what has been a spectacular season?
12: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the year before I got here, um, you know, coming off a Final Four season... You know, the, the team went 22-6 and six and lost to Ferrum in the championship and, and got left out. Yep. And so, you know, I know that's a reality. We tried to schedule a little bit stronger. Uh, some of the teams that in the past have been traditionally strong um, had down years, and I think that really hurt us in, in that strength of schedule. Um, so, you know, those are sometimes things that you can't necessarily, help um, you know, help. But I, I did feel like we needed to at least get to the championship game um, to have a to have a shot at an at large. Um, and I felt like, you know, if you lose to a Mary Wash or a Mary Mount in the championship, you know, coming in having 24 wins, three losses, I, you know, I, I felt like that was enough, um, that we had done enough. But you know, like you said, I mean, the region is just absolutely stacked. Uh, When you look at all the teams of having phenomenal. And so we talked about it, you know, at practice before the tournament started and, and really, you know, we felt like our tournament started going to York uh, at the last game because we knew we had to get that number one seed. We needed to buy our injuries just was not going to allow us to play three games in five days. And um, that tournament started for us there.
11: Yeah, And
12: I told them, I said, you know, I said, ladies, look, You know, the only thing we can control, if we want to make sure we're 100% in, then then we've got to win this thing. And I said, and if we don't win it, then we're leaving it up to somebody else. And you don't know who's going to be upset and 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 whatnot. And you just got to take care of business. So I absolutely thought it was a realistic possibility. Um, So I'm glad. um, You know, I'm glad that. I'm able to. Uh, I was able to get a little sleep last night. Not a lot, but I was able to get a little sleep last
0: night. And this is probably getting an old question, but the, the men's and women's teams are obviously doing both very well. At one point, both teams were top five in the country um, in the D3Hoops.com polls. It's got to be creating some buzz on campus. I would one would assume. What's been what's been the campus reaction been like this season? <laughs>
12: Yeah, it's been great. Our 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 fans, our students come out and drove. Um the community comes out. Um you know, the place was packed last night for the doubleheader. Um you know, just great support. Um you know, I want to give a shout out to our band and our cheerleaders and dance group. Um just coming out, they just really really provide a um you know, a great environment um led by obviously President Tribble and and Kyle McMullen our athletic director and um Carrie Garner our um you know associate women's athletic director um you know just do a great job of getting everybody out and uh it was it was electric yesterday and, and obviously towards the end of our game a little bit it wasn't uh, wasn't as close a little bit you know uh, for the end of it but the buzz was still there and it was just exciting cutting down the nets and then you know i'm sure as you know uh the, the men's game was absolutely ridiculous yes. i mean to be to be down eight with two minutes left yeah. um you know and have our big guy our senior hit a three with i mean hit a you know a shot with whatever one and a half seconds left uh the place just absolutely erupted it was it was just electric in there and um i'm, I'm sure uh I'm sure the campus was rocking last night, so I, didn't, I,
11: haven't,
12: I haven't heard from anyone this morning, so I'm taking that as a good sign.
7: I hear you, Coach. Well,
0: congratulations. <laughs> uh, spectacular season to, to this point. Um, we certainly would be interested to, see, interested to see how far this can go. It all depends on the bracket, as you know. Um, we'll Absolutely. find out more on that on Monday, but congratulations nonetheless to this point on the first CAC championship. Uh, 18th I think overall in the program's history in championships as obviously they've only been in CAC a few years uh, but congratulations sure. nonetheless we always give the coach the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in
12: yeah I just you know I really want to thank uh, you and and d3 hoops for all you guys do uh, the platform is unbelievable um, you know I constantly send people to you guys for and 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 it's reciprocated. People are telling me often about how they go to the website and can find out about games and brackets and scores. And, you know, you guys are really that, that central place for everything. So just really want to thank you and your staff for everything you guys do uh, and really creating that type of environment uh, for coverage for our players. Um, you know, these kids work really, really hard. There are no scholarships on the table. Um, They do it because they love it. Uh, They're true student-athletes, and it's just really, really a pleasure to coach this team. I absolutely love my girls. I couldn't be more proud and more happy for them.
0: Well, congratulations, you said. Thank you for the kind words. Good luck next weekend. Have fun tomorrow as the brackets are announced. I assume you'll maybe get together to see how it all turns out?
12: Absolutely, yeah. We're going to try. I told them they're they're not allowed to get out of class uh, unless the professor lets them. (laughs) But that's the deal between them. But yeah, if they don't have class, they're welcome to come and, and watch it on the big screen. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be really exciting.
0: We'll have fun with that. Good luck, and we'll uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon.
12: Sounds great. Thank you so much, sir.
0: Thank you, Coach Bill Broderick, joining us from the uh, Christopher Newport, the 11th ranked women's basketball program on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline. I thank them for uh, taking the time to talk to us. Um, We'll see where they go. I think they may be, you know, the. the I think them, Mary, Mary Washington, and some other teams on the women's side are probably the most underappreciated because it's so hard on the women's side to, to see Tufts, Amherst, and others. Um, uh, it's that next tier that I think will make waves this season. We'll see how far everybody can go before they have to run into the big boys or the big gals, I should say, in, in, the, in the likes of Amherst and Tufts. And then we'll really get to see – where the, where the level of, of women's basketball has come in years. Uh, I think we're going to be a little bit surprised in the tournament this year. Going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get back to our mock selections. Who have we selected while I've been talking to Coach Broderick? And who is still left at the table? And how many selections we have next, coming up? We'll find out. You're listening to Hoops Hill, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, the Selection Sunday special.
16: you can make a difference.
13: My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Defining moments. Championship dreams.
10: Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship. March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying
0: the show. Sorry, in the middle of that interview, our Facebook Live simulcast uh, to, uh, ended. It, there's only a certain amount of time they can have it, and we just set it up differently. Long story short, it ended. And in the process of, of restarting that, we accidentally dropped the YouTube uh, feed offline for a, a short bit. That came back up. I apologize to any of you who were hoping to see more of the Christopher Newport interview. What I can tell you is the podcast will have it. So If you want to listen to that, or we'll upload that interview separately uh, at a later time if there's a major problem. But Thanks to Bill Broderick for coming on. Coming up, by the way, we'll still hear SUNY Geneseo women's basketball coach Scott Hammer. Geneseo unfortunately lost their first game of the season in the uh, SUNYAC title game against New Paltz. But an incredible story to get as far as they did. We'll talk to him. They're going to get in the NCAA tournament. They may even be hosting. Um, we'll talk to him coming up. So we've done the men's There's lots of questions out there. Trust me, we will do our best to try and answer them, especially at the end of the show, if at all possible. Uh, I just checked my email, and I got a vote in the top 25. So we're going to end the show. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we do have a top 25 that will come out tomorrow, and then we'll have one more at the end of the season for anybody who are curious. A reminder, the, select, the brackets will be announced, 12.30 Eastern time uh, for the men, 2.30 Eastern time for the women. We will have those video links at d3hoops.com. Yours truly will be the analyst for that. You might recognize the backdrop just a little bit. Uh, looking forward to that uh, tomorrow as well. So now we're going to switch gears and talk women's selections. I don't know if this will be easier or harder than the men. I'm hoping for easier, um, and but I'm not holding my breath. Joining me on this via the City of Salem Skype hotline is... Three young lads It is Gordon Mann uh, editor in chief at D three hoops.com. in your upper left BJ Spiegelmeyer sports information director at Desales. He knows this stuff quite well. And then James Wagner assistant commissioner at the CSAC also knows it quite well. And all friends here of the show, gentlemen, thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Um,
3: Thank you for calling me young.
0: I'm, (laughs) I'm doing my best here. Trying to, trying to save face for me too. So it's a, it's, how it works um here's the deal we have the same amount of picks on the women's side though technically we'll do one less pick because there's one pool b bid that we're basically going to get slammed out of the way earlier and then we got the women's picks quickly um any thoughts on what we might see ahead of us dealer's choice
4: (laughs) you
9: know i think dave there's been a bunch of teams that we've been uh who sort of played their way into the tournament we just think they're They're going to be in there, so uh, I'm not sure which portion of Coach Broderick's interview got cut off, but he he makes a fairly impassioned plea for Marymount getting in, and I think we all – before going through this exercise, we feel like Marymount's going to get in. And Maybe there are people who feel the same thing with your, your new sponsor there, George Fox. What you do when you go through this process is you see the numbers, and when you go through it like the committee goes through it, you'll see that there's some teams that will get in. Uh, faster than you think you will. They're not ranked in the top 25. That doesn't have anything to do with this. And there'll be some teams that you may feel, either because they're close to home on the team, you go to their games, whatever it is, you may feel, oh, well, they're a lock. They definitely ought to be in it. And when you go through the numbers, you'll you see that just isn't the case. So um, the, the the panel, as much as it can, tries to emphasize objective criteria over subjective criteria, like that or not, knowing that this is these decisions are still made by people. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's a, a rather before we get into this. No,
0: that's, that's, that's a pretty good one. Um, they will, I mean, we're going to we're gonna talk about really good SOS numbers out of some teams. We're going to be talking about some really gaudy win-loss percentages and how they compare. We're going to be talking about some other criteria. I do know the RAC started this morning, putting what-if together. Um, and then the national call started, I believe, a little bit later, mainly because the women's games, especially the ODAC game, were one of the later games today. So the National Committee got a little later start than the men did. Um, We have not been able to glean the regional rankings as well on the women's side as we have on the men's side for varying reasons. We are working off of last regional rankings and making any adjustments we see fit as to who we think would be getting to the table next. Uh, They may kind of mirror last week's because last week was so – there hasn't been that many changes. Mm -hmm. Gordon, we did have a number of upsets, um, but not nearly as many as that would really rock the apple cart. Right.
9: Yeah. It tends to be the case in women's <clears throat> basketball. You know, you, a six seed is going to beat a, a, a three seed in men's basketball. It's going to have a fair chance of doing that. Um, we did see a couple of six seeds make the conference title game in uh, in uh, Rutgers. Newark was one of them, but it, it happens very rarely. So, uh, you know, if you just watch the top 25 or the ranking whether it's our rankings of the NCAA, you'll notice week to week they don't you know, there's not a lot of movement, a lot of weeks.
0: All right. Uh, So on that note, I figure we'll get into it. We should mention this year there is a Pool B bid. The GSAC dissolved. Those teams went off on their merry way. Uh, There was, what, Gordon, was it 11 teams nationally this year? That's right, yep. So we're selecting one. We're not really doing much because the criteria data is not that pretty. Uh, But the best SOS came out of Santa Cruz, and we're pretty all comfortable that Santa Cruz is probably getting that pick. Agreed.
9: Yep, I think that's right.
0: Yeah, so Santa Cruz will technically be our first pick because Pool B is selected before Pool C. Um, and that's just to be fair to those in Pool B who do not have a conference or do not have an AQ opportunity. And so Santa Cruz is who we feel will go in. That will certainly make bracketing interesting as uh, we at least have two California schools, Skyak Winter plus uh, Santa Cruz. And now to Pool uh, C... Um, <laughs> Sorry, BJ's firing me into funny little messages. Uh <laughs> I want to thank the the sales uh, women's team by the way for watching. Um anybody in the men's side we kind of had about I want to say eight picks we kind of knew we we're going to get slammed in here and without much fanfare any ideas necessarily of how many we think we're going to slam in here pretty quick?
3: Uh I throw out a number of probably there's probably at least eight, maybe 10, that'll be pretty quickly
17: off the board. I would agree.
9: I think think that's right. You're going to see, with the women's teams, again, you're going to see higher winning percentages, which are going to, you know, in the men, you got kind of trapped in the what do you favor this over that, and in the women, you're going to see those a lot more teams with above 750 winning percentages.
0: Uh, Yeah, we're definitely going to get better winning percentages and better SOSs. We're not going to get into the scenario, I think, like men did, where we have some really subpar numbers and we're trying to hash them out. Uh, I really feel like this is going to be a little bit different. Um, if we're going on last week's regional rankings, and I don't see any major reason to change this, I think DeSales is probably at the table first in the Atlantic. Oshkosh is probably at the table in the Central. Uh, Geneseo in the East. Hope in the Great Lakes. Catholics certainly in the Mid-Atlantic. Um, though, uh, you know, Hope worries me. Hope's advantage right now, by the way, I should say, backing up, is that everybody in the, in the rest of the region won, and that's why they're getting there ahead of Carnegie Mellon. Uh if anybody else had lost, Hope I think would have been behind them. Uh Tufts is obviously getting to the table first in the northeast. In the south, uh it looks like it's Lynchburg. I think that's relatively right. Um Yeah, it would be Lynchburg because they yep. lost to guilford today, and I don't mm-hmm. see Maryville moving ahead of them for any particular reason. Uh and in the West, Puget Sound, who everyone thought would get the automatic bid moves in and and I know we're supposed to technically go in order here, but I'm Puget sound and Tufts are going to be pretty much locks to get in immediately.
17: I would agree. I think Tufts is, is a lock. Usually anybody out of the NESCAC, uh, they're usually the runner up in that conference usually is a lock because they do have a lot of good winning percentages and SOSs. Yeah, I,
11: I, I, yeah.
9: I agree, Dave. And like you said, in the, in the men's cast for folks for these first eight to 10 picks, really not worth getting worked up about the, uh, the order we take them doesn't affect bracketing. Um, as long as you're in you're in you know if you if you know gun to wear your head for something if you know for something like this tufts gets a lot of games against regionally ranked opponents because mm-hmm. they're in the North, so they um, you know puget sound is on a geographic island tufts is in whatever the opposite of that is uh, a <laughs> metropolitan d3 uh, basketball world um so yeah i, I think tufts and, and puget sound come off the board very quickly whichever one happens to go first
0: yeah, I'm just going to argumentally say it's going to be Tufts. Um, no real direction. Um, I will say, too, do we punish Tufts um, for sub-40-point games? Um Amherst and <laughs> Tufts have played twice, no? and only one team cracked 40, and it was by 41. Is there any way to punish teams for, for, for getting to play offense?
17: No, they never punished Princeton all those years without toughs. <tuffs. laughs> well
0: played. Well played, Wags. This is why we get Wags on the show, just for the record. All right, so that's two picks down. We're just going to put them on um, at one and two, Tufts and Puget Sound. So replacing Puget Sound in the West region will be Gustavus Adolphus, who lost their second game of the season. Um, Both have been losses to St. Thomas. They're in pretty good shape. They come in roughly with a 517 SOS. Actually, we'll double-check that. I know we can call those numbers up. Um, and results versus regionally ranked it will probably be about a one and two. And replacing Tufts in the Northeast will be Bowdoin. Um, I don't know what their exact record is off the top of my head, but their SOS is knocking on the door of 600. And it looks, I think they're going to be about two and five versus regionally ranked opponents. Is that about right, Gordon?
9: Yeah, I think, well, they've got, uh, they may fare, that may be right. I'll, I'll check. But yeah, they're, again, they're in the position four. where they're going to get in. What did you have, BJ? I had two. Yeah, they okay. may have somebody drop off there. depends on, you know, they have a win over University of New England. I don't know if they'll stay in the rankings or not.
0: Okay. Um, so anybody that jumps out of the table here is going, yeah, we might as well just take them now. now I, I should would- mention, by the way, it's DeSales, Oshkosh, Genesee, Hope, Catholic, uh, Bowden. Uh, Lynchburg and Gustavus Adolphus. And and one of the teams that's jumping out at me here is SUNY Geneseo strictly on that one loss.
17: I would agree, yeah. they they probably come off the board real quick. I mean, you can't really punish them for having the one loss in your conference title game and the whole body of work.
3: Yeah, I was going to say... Um, I was going to say the next three might be Geneseo, Catholic, and Bowden.
0: Hmm... Yeah, Catholics. Yep, that's pretty good. Bowden's also got good numbers. Bowden's only got that four loss again, five ninety. Catholics SOS is a five eighty eight. Uh, is that uh, BJ the info you've got for us? Is that yeah. an, an updated SOS? Correct. Okay, cool. Uh, it just keeps off me from having to look page. up other numbers.
3: Yeah, that's off of your page.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Oh, it's I and definitely that's, right then. That's yep, definitely absolutely. right. Yeah, <laughs> definitely right. Yeah, definitely right. And the women's SOS just to remind people is far easier to to do because there's no multiplier involved, so the math is pretty locked down uh, Geneseo does have a weak SOS at 5011 but I just don't see that 26 and one being ignored um, yeah and I just don't see anybody else so in any particular order guys you, you, we might do this would it might be uh, Genesis oh, well maybe Bowden Catholic Genesis
9: yeah, that's that strikes me as the right order. Geneseo's got one game against a regionally ranked opponent. That's the that's the one knock on them in terms of – and, again, it's not going to matter. It's just pick three they're going to yep. be in. Um, but, yeah, I think your order there is the right one, Dave.
0: All right, so we have picked Tufts, Puget Sound, Bowdoin, Catholic, and Geneseo. It's already going faster than the men, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> mainly because this is just more obvious on the women's side. So we're through five picks. And a reminder, Santa Cruz was picked – as our pool B pick, just in case anybody is curious, and we do only have 20 at large pool C bids for the women. Um, so now, then the um, let's see here in the East region, Rochester moved to the table. This is going to be fascinating. At 17 and eight, 605 SOS, three and six versus regionally ranked opponents. Um, we think they'll stay ahead of Skidmore, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. Um, in the we still have Oshkosh at the table in the Central in the Atlantic we still have the Sales, Hope is still at the table in the Great Lakes Mid Atlantic now Albright takes the top spot we feel they'll probably most yeah I I, I think they'll stay ahead of Mary Washington so twenty two and five with a five seventy five, five and three versus regionally ranked opponents, in the Northeast Eastern Connecticut now takes the place of uh, Bowdoin. they're nineteen and. A- Five sixty-seven SOS. Remember the number. The the uh, records we're talking about are Mm in-region records. Please remember that Um, they're not their overall records. Five sixty-seven SOS and three and four versus regionally ranked opponents. Lynchburg still at the table in the South, and Gustavus Adolphus still at the table in the West. Anybody out of you like more than others? um, I'll, I'll let you guys start, and then come in with my thoughts.
3: Um, probably Albright. I mean, if I'm gonna pick three that you'd talk about, it'd probably be Albright, uh, DeSales. Um, I guess I'd say four: Albright, now, uh, Albright, DeSales, Oshkosh, and Eastern Connecticut.
0: Okay. By the way, uh, does BJ have to recruit himself?
17: The
3: sales is in the conversation. I was, yeah. I was wondering if I'm not allowed to talk until they come off the board.
17: No, I would I would I would go in that order. I mean, you know, Albright's had a strong schedule, so is the sales, so I would I would agree with those two. How
3: much
0: does Gustavus Adolphus enter the equation here with just two losses? I know it's a five seventeen SOS, but is that two losses that kind of the Geneseo story here where where they're just to ignore?
9: Yeah, I d I don't think so. I mean I I again I, they're gonna get in. Uh, you know, they're one and one, I, I, I guess if you, I guess they're one step removed from SUNY Geneseo who's, you know, had two losses instead of one and played, you know, with St. Thomas, who's probably exponentially better than anybody Geneseo played this year. Um, so I, I guess you could, I guess you could make, you could make that argument there.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm kind of leaning towards, um, I think Albright here, five seventy-five. But the five losses over Gustavus Adolphus, uh, it's six to one. Mm-hmm. Um, in just the sense of what order, of course. Um, Eastern Connecticut, I think with the nineteen and eight, is going to have to be parked for a little bit. Yep. Um Hope with the five. Yeah. Tw- Rochester, seventeen and eight, and a six oh five looks good, but I'm still. I, I think they got to get parked with that seventeen and eight for a bit. Oshkosh certainly has an interesting. Oshkosh has better numbers technically than you than than Nick Stavis because they're twenty four and three with a five thirty five and four and two. So maybe Oshkosh is the next team.
9: Yeah, I was going to say I think your next two in some order are Oshkosh and
11: Albright.
17: You guys, thoughts on uh, agree or disagree? I agree with that. I mean, Oshkosh. If we take a quick look at Oshkosh here as of last week. You know, the good winning percentage, three and two against. You make the opponents in that 535, so I, I would go in that order, Yep.
0: Well, let's just put Oshkosh and Albright in. That's seven picks on the women's side, and we are flying in comparison to the men. The men were crawling by this point in time. Uh, so Oshkosh is now replaced by an interesting team here, and this is where the Central really gets interesting, and I don't know how much things may have been adjusted, but Chicago enters the table with a 68 SOS, Eight and five versus regionally ranked opponents and eighteen and seven. Gordon, how big was their win over Wash U today?
9: Uh well they played they lost to Wash U yesterday, yesterday. but that's what I'm win, saying. I mean that's a yeah. big
0: that's a big I, I said win. I apologize. I did I didn't mean lose. How big was that result though for him here? Now they're 18 and seven instead of being 19 and six.
9: Yeah, I it, it hurts. Uh, if they win, they get the automatic bid, and they're not in this conversation at all. And Washu okay. is one of the first four or five teams off the table. Um, I think that I think they still get in just by virtue of playing so many games. And, and I think we're going to find when we get down, we're going seven, eight line loss, some, some seven and eight loss teams on the table. That's going to be unavoidable. Um, so they're going to, the rest of the pack is going to kind of come to them, come back to them in terms of, of winning percentage. Uh, but, uh, you know, tough loss. They played Wash U very close both times. That's not an official uh, reason to, to, you know, official part of the criteria, but they lost basically in the last minute uh, to WashU. Uh, a, a big loss in a, in a conference that's tough to gauge uh, because they have a bunch of teams that have been in. The top 25. They have some stellar individual players at Carnegie Mellon and uh, at Rochester, but their um, their numbers they just weren't able to put the, those teams separate themselves from the second half of the UAA enough. Case Western and those teams where their their winning percentage is pretty low.
0: The other thing I find interesting, we already have two UAA's at the table. There's a, there is a chance we could have three at the uh-huh. table depending on how we select here, and head to head yeah. could become an interesting factor. Rochester and Chicago. Uh, Chicago beat them twice, did they not?
9: Yes, I believe so they did. So that's
0: going to be an interesting scenario here with both of these sub or above six hundred SOS teams. Yes, um, Chicago
3: beat Rochester twice.
0: Yeah, that's going yeah. to be that's going to be that's going to play out fascinating. By the way, I forgot to mention Mary Washington at the table in the Mid Atlantic. Now, uh, they are twenty three and four with a five fifty five SOS, four and three versus regionally ranked opponents. That some of those four wins include. Uh, a win over Christopher Newport and a loss to Christopher Newport. Um, two losses, to be exact. They also beat Marymount twice and lost to Marymount once. Uh, they also have a win over Lynchburg and Henry. So this is Mary Washington's uh, resume is fascinating. Um, Eastern Connecticut still at the table. Uh, Lynchburg still at the table. And Gustavus Adolphus still at the table. I'm kind of leaning here and seeing that Gustavus Adolphus record, which is... Twenty-three and two, one and two versus regionally ranked opponents with a five seventeen. Do you think it makes a play? You've only got the two losses, or are they still sitting for a bit?
9: No, I think it's I, again. We have Geneseo coming off the board fourth, and this is this is essentially Geneseo's record with a you know with the unfortunate for them uh, spot of being in the same conference as St. Thomas and St. Thomas. This is a conference where they play each other. Uh, just once in the regular season because they have mm-hmm. so many teams. So those two teams play a bunch of teams um, uh, twice a year. But uh, just as the way it broke this year, St. Thomas, uh, Bethel, and Gustavus, who are the top three teams, all played each other just once apiece. So uh, um, good in terms of winning percentage, less good in terms of strength of schedule. But I I think it's fine to take Gustavus uh, as the next pick here.
17: I would. I would take them all. And
0: I do have well, uh, as one and two because they've lost to St. Thomas twice. Right. Yeah. But they beat Beth. I didn't
17: have that region updated when I sent it. No, to that's us.
0: fine. I just wanted to make yeah. sure I'm not losing my mind on nope,
17: that one. That that's right. And, go, yeah. and going back to Chicago, Dave, I don't I have them, well, be, thanks to BJ's efforts, I have them, um, I believe, 8 and 4 in the regional ranking, 8 and 4 against regional ranked opponents. So that's pretty big in the Central. They have eight wins because Washington. Uh,
0: lost Wags there for a second. Oh, you're back. You're back. What were you saying okay. about that?
17: I'm saying in Chicago, I have them, uh, thanks to BJ Zephyrs, has them 8 and 4 in the regional against regionally ranked opponents, too. So even though they're 18 and 60, it's still 8 of their 10 wins against regionally ranked opponents. So oh, that, yeah. I don't know if that weighs into it as well.
0: Yeah, that's a big number when it's not results versus regionally ranked, or um, not once ranked, always ranked like it used to be. That's a big number, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> admittedly. So we and, got Gustavus Adolphus in next, unless you guys have an issue, which puts George Fox to the table. George Fox benefited last week of beating Whitman, and they had to leapfrogged up to fifth. I see no reason, despite a loss to Whitman, so they're one and two versus Whitman in res- in four versus regionally. I think is correct, but I uh, the one win is to Whitman. They've uh, then lost to Whitman twice.
3: I think it's 1 and 5 cuz they just lost to Whitman this week. Okay, so That's it is right.
0: 1 and 5. Got it. So okay. 1 and 5 with a 552, 18 and 4. Their overall record's 21 and 4, but what's hurting is three of those games were non-division 3. They're at the table. Lynchburg is at the table still. Eastern Connecticut remains at the table. Mary Washington is there along with Hope who's still at the table. We have Rochester at the table along with Chicago. And the sales is still there. So we're, we're now we're kind of getting into some little bit of more interesting you know, selections. Do <coughs> You guys jumps out, or are these are we starting to s- not split hairs, but starting to find you know some some commonalities.
3: Well, I'm, sorry. Oh,
11: sorry, I'm,
3: a Peter, I'm, a, I'm a strength of schedule guy, so I look at the this the top strength of schedules left. Chicago six thirty eight. Sales 563, Mary Washington 555, Eastern Connecticut 567, Lynchburg 556. Um, so there's still five or six that are over 550. Um, then you got away. Chicago only 18 wins, and then you have tw- some 20 win teams. Sales has 20, Hope has 20, Mary Washington 23, um, Lynchburg 22. So you got away. You know, twenty-two versus you know, twenty wins versus eighteen wins with a similar strength of schedule. Um,
0: Personally, I'm leaning a little towards Mary Washington here.
11: Twenty-three was thinking, and
0: four with a with triple nickels, five fifty-five, four and three versus reasonably ranked opponents.
3: That's yeah, that's kind of where my leaning. The 23, is. Rim, the twenty-three wins really
17: stands out. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say, Mary Wash.
0: All right, so let's just go with Mary Washington as our ninth pick. Um, which will put Marymount to the table. Another CAC. And by the way, the Mid Atlantic. I will warn you all now. There is a chance we're looking off the table somewhere. Um, Mary Washington's to the table, or uh, Marymount's to the table now. Twenty-two and five, five fifty-four SOS, three and three versus region ranked opponents. So the only difference between Mary Washington and Marymount is a win and a loss. Um yeah.
9: It's Wednesday and, night's Wednesday night's overtime game.
0: which yeah. It was a
9: two two point game uh, at Mary Washington.
0: And Gordon, how about Marymount storming into this conversation late in the season?
9: Yeah, I and mean, they were really nowhere uh, in any part of the conversation, nationally or regionally, until they uh, run. They had a loss to Frostburg State that seemed to kind of bury them from yeah. an at-large perspective. Uh, you know, in the men's side, you'll see those losses. On the women's side, when a team in the upper half of a conference loses to the team, in the lower half of the conference, you really take notice of that, but they've, they, uh, they had their work come out for them. They had to pretty much win at Christopher Newport and, and, and beat Marymount and run the table to get in and, or I'm sorry, and beat Mary Washington. And, uh, the saints did that.
0: Anything jump out at you guys here? I find it interesting. Marymount almost feels like the, the default pick in my mind based on what I did with Mary Washington, but they are twenty-two and five versus twenty-three and four, and I'm, it brings anybody else into the into fray into the into the fray.
3: I I don't I don't I mean the only the only team that can match their win total is Lynchburg. Yep. Um, and they have two more losses and the same strength of schedule. Yep. One one more loss in the same strength of schedule.
0: Well, and Marymount's results versus regionally is also far stronger than than Lynchburg's.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is three wins versus one. You know, hope it. Yeah, hope's twenty and
0: four, so that that's not it. Rochester, right? Uh, to say Yeah, I mean, is this almost a back-to-back CAC pick? Might be. Yes. Mm-hmm.
9: Uh, yeah, I think so
0: too. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's take Marymount with number ten. And I'll recap them, and then we'll take a quick break and reset things. But our our pick so far, again, in Pool B, we went with Santa Cruz. Then in Pool C, we led with Tufts, then with Puget Sound. Granted, this order may not be exactly right, but Bowdoin, Catholic, then Genesis, Oshkosh, Albright, and Gustavus Adolphus. And then back-to-back CAC Mid-Atlantic pits with Mary Washington and Mary Mount. That allows, in the Mid-Atlantic, to bring up the only other team that was regionally ranked, Moravian. 18-7, Eighteen and seven, five eighty-one, but a one in seven versus regionally ranked opponents. They are one of those who beat Scranton. Uh, Gordon, were they the first team to beat Scranton, or was that Catholic?
9: Catholic was the okay. first team. To, Catholic, then E Town.
0: Yeah, some uh, Moravian just piled on. Yep, right, exactly. <laughs> as, uh, as Scranton lost three in four day or four games. Um, why don't we take a break? It's not a long, but we'll take a break here and reset where we are. And when we come back, we'll tackle the rest of the picks. Um, Gordon Mann's in the upper left, BJ B. Spiegelminger in the upper right, J- James Wagner in the lower pod, and, of course, myself. We'll be back with more hoops right after this.
7: We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division I, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball, all we do. We're at d3hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
16: For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student athletes, It's more than that, a lot more.
3: Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team.
16: That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world.
15: Help us keep that dream alive.
16: You can make a difference.
13: My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school all-american and played college and pro ball i played because i love the game i grind to be the best i sweat because i put in work i'm strong because i believe when i want to bring it before game time i come to the house that college basketball built the cbe no matter your take it to another level elevate your game right here at the college basketball experience at sprint center defining moments
10: championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. Because we just have nobody else. Hmm.
11: (laughs) <laughs> Welcome
0: back, everybody. We're back here talking uh, women's selections. Uh, Gordon Mann, B.J. Spiegelminger, James Wagner, and myself, Dave McHugh. By the way, don't forget about the Hoopsville fundraiser, please. I'll talk a little bit about my, in a bit. We've selected technically 11 teams on the women's side, 10 in the Pool C scenario. Uh, we just mentioned them, Santa Cruz, House, Puget Sound, Bowden Catholic, Geneseo, Oshkosh, Albright, Gustavus, Adolphus, Mary Washington, and Marymount. Uh, we've got a few more to select. Um, we also have up ahead an interview with SUNY Geneseo women's basketball coach um, Scott Hemmer. Uh, gentlemen, just to remind everybody, uh, in the Atlantic Region, DeSales is still at the table with their twenty and seven record, five sixty three SOS, five and four versus regionally ranked opponents. Chicago remains at the table in in the Central, eighteen and seven, six thirty eight and eight and five RRO. In the East, we're at Rochester, seventeen and eight, 605, and a three and six. In the Great Lakes, it, hope remains at the table. Twenty and four, five, 5 and three results versus regionally ranked opponents. Then in the Mid-Atlantic, uh, we're down to Moravian, the last team regionally ranked last week, and we can't figure of anybody who may replace them uh, from that region. Everybody behind them that we could consider had lost as well. Eighteen and seven, five eighty-one SOS with a one and seven versus regionally ranked in the Northeast. Uh, Eastern Connecticut remains at the table, 19 and 8 in division, 567 with a 3 and 4 result versus regionally ranked. In the South, Lynchburg continues to sit at the table, 22 and 6, 556 in that 1 in 5 versus regionally ranked opponents. And then in the West, it is George Fox, 18 and 4, teams off of what their overall record is due to non-division teams, 552 SOS, 1 and 4 versus regionally ranked opponents. Anybody here jumping out as being a, a sure bet? By the way, there is an argument that maybe, and you know, I didn't even think about this. Um, there is an argument. Could could Bethel be in ahead of George Fox? Uh, not in, but on the table ahead. They're twenty-one and four. The 530 0 three versus regionally ranked opponents.
3: Definitely possible because George Fox went zero and one this week, and Bethel won a game.
0: What do you think, Gordon? Do you think there are three more wins? Identical losses, but a difference of 0.02 or 1.8 is enough to maybe move them ahead, despite no wins against a regionally ranked opponent.
9: Yeah, 0 and 3 against 1 and 5. Uh, that wasn't the light like, going off. Of Mayden, but
17: <laughs> yeah. It's not right there. yeah, 0 yeah, yeah. uh, 3 against 1 and 5. I think you might want to take. You you have the one in your pocket.
9: yeah, I think so because there's no proof that Bethel can beat and that's this has sort of been the knock on them all year. there's no proof that they can beat anybody who's in this conversation because they've only played two games they've lost them both. they were close with Gustavus. Uh, I would still stick with George Fox okay. if, they, if they hadn't decided that the three wins difference was enough last week, I don't I don't maybe four maybe four tips them over but I, I would I would still stick with George Fox. Well, it
0: would have been a two win difference last week admittedly oh, correct right but still right. i see your point absolutely yeah. um anybody else with thoughts
3: i don't i don't know i mean leave it i can only imagine how long the actual west region committee sat and talked about this and and you know they follow it so yeah it's really it's a really tough call because george fox has less wins but a higher strength of schedule and a regionally ranked win and just has more wins really mm-hmm yeah probably stayed the way it
0: is okay so i just want to make sure we're not maybe having the wrong team at the table basically so we'll leave we'll leave george fox at the table so back to then the conversation at hand who at this table uh is jumping out at you at going okay maybe we need to get them in now i think moravian's out of the conversation despite that 581 and a one and seven the one and seven is what's killing them uh in the great lakes scenario i think hope at least is now stronger in the conversation with 20 and four uh five and three versus regionally ranked opponents bus is stronger than teams we've already picked at 5 20. um i think rochester's i don't think rochester gets there with the 17 and eight right now chicago yeah, I, I, I don't Think gets, I, don't think
9: Rochester, I don't think Rochester gets still until Chicago does because they're yeah, two against mm-hmm. them.
0: Yep, I agree with you. I absolutely. And that was what I was going to say. Chicago all trumps them in strength of schedule, results versus regionally ranked opponents. They've got one win better. They've also got two head to head. So I don't see how Chicago would get in behind Rochester. So Rochester's parked until Chicago comes off the table. I agree with you, Gordon. And then we've got DeSales, 20 and 7. Good 563 and a 5 and 4 versus regionally ranked. Is there. I'm almost saying is Chicago here almost. I think, pick? It's,
9: I think it's Chicago. I, the three that pop out to me are Chicago, DeSales, and Hope. Uh, Chicago's got more wins against regional right, when their strength of schedule. I think more than covers the two win differential. Remember, UAA doesn't have a tournament. So yep. uh, they're going to have, they have fewer opportunities. And if you, if you seeded them appropriately, Chicago would have played like NYU and their Brandeis yeah. in the first round. And they probably pick up a win there. Right. Um, and, and hope, hope 22 and 4 and knowing what we know about the pedigree of the program five and three isn't bad but 520 is killer so mm-hmm. I would go Chicago next
0: and, okay and to your point uh, Chicago easily could have come into this 20 and, and eight or or, right. or or even yeah so
9: right figure they win two and lose one. Now, the committee yeah. won't do that type of hypo- hypothetical no. thing, but if they were yeah, in any it, other conference, that's what they would have the opportunity and
17: if, to and if Chicago beats Wash U today, then then they're then they're in for sure. Like, they're off the table now, but I, I kind of... Okay. Are you I good
3: agree with Chicago. that, BJ? Yeah, I'm good with Chicago next, Yep. All
17: right, so Chicago will go in. Interesting enough, a couple
0: years ago, Chicago in a similar boat with a similar uh, record. The difference was they didn't play enough D3 games.
11: Mm-hmm. They actually
0: had a couple games short. And the committee ended up leaving them off. the The fact that they played some more D three games, Chicago into this conversation. And by the way, you can make that argument for Hope if they were actually twenty two and four. We probably would have already taken them by now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chicago's on the board, which brings Illinois Wesleyan to the table. Here they at least that's what we're keeping. Uh, we're keeping them ahead of Concordia, Wisconsin. And the reason is yes, Illinois Wesleyan is eighteen and eight. That's six nineteen SOS and four and seven versus regionally ranked opponents. Concordia Wisconsin is twenty one and two, four ninety six zero and zero versus Ugh. regionally ranked opponents. I do ask you this question though. Granted, it would have been a move from seven to five to trump Illinois or at least Illinois Wesleyan coming back to the fold, because Concordia Wesleyan is twenty one and two and because they're basically a five hundred SOS, would they have possibly moved ahead of? Illinois Wesleyan. The women have appeared to really like v- results versus regionally ranked opponents, and I'm wondering if that's why they're here. You know, Illinois yeah. Wesleyan ahead.
17: Yeah, I think that the the main part of the criteria is record against regionally ranked opponents. And if you don't have anything to show for it, and you know, so the team does even if it's a one in six. I mean, at least they've gone out and they played those teams. Whereas, if you don't have one, you can't base, you can't match them head to head because if they don't have a regionally ranked win or loss, you can't really compare them. So you guys
0: good with Illinois Wesleyan staying ahead of Concordia Wisconsin?
17: Yeah, I think so,
9: because I think also both teams won. Uh, actually, Illinois Wesleyan lost two games. So Illinois Wesleyan, the CCIW has that weird thing where they oh, finish yeah. their day on a Tuesday. So they lost two games this week. Both were to Wheaton. Uh, so they went one and two. Concordia is in a six-team tournament, so they had a bye in the first round, and then they beat whoever it is they beat. I think it was Alverno in the semifinal, and then... Lost to Lakeland yesterday, so I I think Illinois Wesleyan still stays in front of uh in front of the Falcons here.
3: Yeah, I can't I can't jump a four ninety six strength of schedule over a six
17: one nine. Yep, because yeah, of I mean, three you No
0: know, six to four games, and it's it it, it yeah. Illinois Wesleyan is covers or covers their situation by a landslide. All right, so we'll keep Illinois Wesleyan at the table, and of course it's Rochester as well, uh, Hope in the Great Lakes, along with Moravian in the Mid Atlantic, Eastern Connecticut. Uh, Lynchburg and George Fox. Um, anything here that says no? Nah, I think this pick goes this way. I'm starting to look at the sales a little more. Yeah I, yeah, I think the
9: next, I think the next two, I think are DeSales and Hope in some order.
3: That's kind of where I was headed too. Yeah, I, I was looking at DeSales, Hope, and Lynchburg. Let
0: me just throw this wrinkle at you though. DeSales is twenty and seven. Five sixty-three, five and four. Lynchburg is twenty-two and six, five fifty-six, one and five. Does that make Lynchburg a better candidate than Desales? Two more wins, equal SOS. Similar. Mm -hmm. No, the the results definitely go with Desales at five and four. Mm
3: -hmm. Here's where here's where I would break that tie, and I know everyone probably thinks I'm biased, but Desales (laughs) Desales has everything's pretty much the same except Desales has two less wins. Strength of schedule same. We have five regionally ranked wins. They have one. Both teams played Albright, I believe. DeSales beat them. Lynchburg did not. Okay.
0: That's part There's of the criteria. opponent. Okay. That
3: would so be it. That's where I would give DeSales okay. the edge in that tiebreaker.
0: So Lynchburg's probably not coming are, off the table. probably
3: getting in, so it probably doesn't matter. But yeah. for right now, I think I would put DeSales over Lynchburg because of that Albright win and the Lynchburg losing to them. Basically, that just means Lynchburg
0: sits until we do get DeSales off the table right um so okay i just wanted to add that so it, we're talking maybe to sales and hope here in some particular order and i think just based on sos and uh results and stuff i probably would go to sales first hope second okay That's I right, go. god me too okay, so pick 11 for us in pool c will be to sales so
3: pick, tw- pick 12
0: but, yeah, sorry a, pick helps. 12 what did i say
3: <laughs> chicago was 11
0: right chicago 11 to sales 12 and then in 13 we are sliding in hope Mm-hmm. Um, and hope now, and both, interesting enough, both were at the table since the beginning of this conversation. So that long wait is over. Um, luckily none of them are on the conference committee and getting a call now. Um, <laughs> uh, replacing the sales will be Rowan 19 and nine, five sixty SOS two and six versus regionally ranked opponents. No, I, I agree not, with you. We're
3: not a hundred. We're not a hundred percent sure it's Rowan, David. Sorry to interrupt you, but
0: uh, no, on you're, my
3: on my sheet i move Rowan ahead of Misery, but Misery was ahead of Rowan in the last ranking.
0: That's true, but I like the move. One Just more win Misery and better SOS. Only,
3: Misery only lost their only game this week and so Rowan Rowan won one game and their strength of schedule was 0. .4 0. 004 higher. Yeah, I yeah
11: like
9: Rowan won move. Rowan won the game though. They won uh, their t- oh, tournament was, it? was Saturday. Yeah, starts Saturday. Yep. Saturday. Mm-hmm. So their only game this week was a loss to Montclair. Oh,
17: yes. uh, okay. In Montclair. Correct. Okay, so Do then
3: you, I'm not necessarily. I'm kind of. I'm kind of on the fence on who's who's next on the board in the Atlantic. Then.
0: Well, if Misura was ahead of Rose, Roman or Roman, <laughs> it's been a long <laughs> show, folks. Yes. Uh, if they were ahead of Rowan in the first place, and they both basically went 0 for 1, does anybody want to then maybe put Misura ahead of Rowan instead in the Atlantic?
17: I think that. I think
9: that probably makes sense.
11: Mm-hmm.
17: Okay. Yeah, so, look at I'm looking at some of Rowan's games. They they beat Lehman College and they lost to Albright by four ago. Um so I, I would go with that that uh, suggestion.
0: Okay, so we'll put Misericordia first before Rowan. So Misericordia will take over in the Atlantic region, 18 and 7 in their Division Three, five 524 SOS, two and four versus regionally ranked opponents. Uh, Illinois Wesleyan remains from sh- the central, uh, Rock right East. Now Carnegie Mellon comes to the table in the Great Lakes, and now two UAA's come together yet again. And um, I think Rochester's in trouble again, if I remember. Didn't Carnegie Mellon beat them twice? As... no, they, they lost a sp- ride. They split. They split. Yep. Uh, 18 and seven. 603 SOS for Carnegie Mellon. One in five versus regionally ranked opponents in the Mid Atlantic. Uh, Moravian still at the table in the Northeast. Eastern still at the table in the South. Now Lynchburg is still at the table in the West. It is still George Fox. Uh, We're going to make two more picks by the way, and then we'll hear from Geneseo head coach, Scott Hemmer, but you guys, any thoughts on what we have?
3: Um, I I mean, we were talking about Lynchburg and we were comparing them to the sales. So they're probably, um, something we should talk about. And then, uh, probably Eastern Connecticut with uh, 19 wins, 567, three regionally ranked wins.
0: Hmm. Yep. I like. Any other thoughts, guys?
3: This is where it's going to feel good. Uh,
0: yep. yep. This is definitely where we've crossed into that, that area of difficult um. Yeah, choices. because nope.
9: Nobody has over five hundred against regionally ranked no, opponents now everybody's no. got a losing record yeah. uh Eastern is close at three and four, but if you do the okay, who did they beat right They beat Keene State and they beat mass Dartmouth twice um, so those you know those none of those teams are Keene State might be ranked in the top eight in another region Mass Dartmouth is probably only ranked because the region has eleven eleven ranked spots
11: mm-hmm.
9: um, well.
0: Mass Dartmouth? Wasn't Mass Dartmouth fifth last week? Yeah. Oh, were they? Oh, yeah, well, they they never mind then. Uh, one and four. They were... The, Mass Dartmouth's much better this year than they've been in the past. Mm. Um, yeah, the, the results versus regionally ranked is not helping in this situation.
3: Yeah, there's not... Yeah. Um. I'm... Hmm, I'm almost... Illinois Wesleyan has four regionally-ranked wins but seven losses. I'm almost
0: leaning towards Eastern Connecticut, to be honest with you. Where were you leaning, uh, BJ?
3: I was looking at Eastern Connecticut and Lynchburg. Lynchburg has Uh, 22 wins. That's a lot. Yeah. But they're one in five five versus regionally-ranked opponents.
17: Yeah, I'm looking at some of Lynchburg's losses. They lost to Albright, lost to Mary Washington, uh, lost to Marymount. Uh, those are the three that I see that they've lost two. Certainly and not Gilford bad losses. Twice. No, they're Gil- not. And Guilford twice. Yes, correct. Yes. One yes, and solid. one and one in the Odak Championship.
3: Yep, and they beat Guilford once.
0: And so the Lynchburg has gone two and one this week.
17: Correct. Yes. I'm almost thinking Lynchburg maybe.
3: Yeah, I'm kind of leaning Lynchburg now.
17: Yeah, and Lynchburg they played three games in three days, so you know, going two and one Going two and one in that week, and you're playing back to back to back. There's something to be said. You're you're you know you're 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 playing through three games in three days.
3: I yeah, I'm I leaning Lynchburg here. Gordon. <laughs>
17: <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine.
9: I mean, the other one I'm looking at is is Illinois Wesleyan. I mean, if you really like schedule six nineteen to five fifty six.
3: Yeah. Uh, they do have a nice win over Chicago.
9: Yeah, who's who's in Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get any obviously not going to get any common opponents at this point.
0: Um, I'm yeah. still thinking Lynchburg just with the, the amount of wins. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fine. I've been mm-hmm. wrong on
9: the O deck before, so I'm fine with that.
0: Well, I'll go with Lynchburg. All right, so we'll put Lynchburg in as pick 14. One more pick, and we'll take a nice break here to do some work behind the scenes while we listen to Scott Hemmer. But replacing Lynchburg in the South, who finally comes off the table for the, and, and opens up the South, is a very interesting team. In Maryville, 22-4, 495 SOS, 1-2 versus regionally ranked opponents. I just want to present the fact, do we want to keep them there versus – Texas Lutheran, who's behind them, twenty and five, four seventy seven, three and one. Personally, I'm fine with Maryville. I don't see either of them had made an argument to change that equation. But I just want to make sure.
9: Yeah, so Texas Lutheran would have went. Oh, the, the records are up to date here. They would have went one and
5: yeah. They would have
9: won one. One and one. Lost yeah. to Trinity today in the title game.
5: Yep. Maryville
9: uh, went one and one. They lost to Piedmont yesterday. Yep. Um yeah, I would I would leave. I think Maryville's still ahead on everything except regionally ranked and their Texas Luther's now three and two. Piedmont's probably not regionally ranked, so Maryville's still one and two.
0: Okay.
9: I guess that was the correct answer there. Yeah, nice ding. <laughs> Nicely enough. timed. That was
0: wonderfully done. All right, so we'll just put Maryville then at the table with a twenty two and four, four ninety five, and a one and two versus regionally ranked opponents. Um okay. So this is going to be our, our 15th pick in the Pool C category, and then we'll listen to Scott Hemmer when we're done with this pick. Anything that jumps out here? Is, is the Illinois Wesleyan Gordon now starting to become a factor versus Eastern Connecticut? They have similar records, but the SOS clearly is in um, Illinois Wesleyan's favor. Um, or does Moravian even get into this fray at 18-7, and 7, 581? Uh, what about Carnegie Mellon? Similar record, So three. Um, Rochester, similar record six oh five. Um, Rowan, well, they're yeah you know, what we what we have are similar records for everybody. Mm-hmm. Massive SOS differences, mm-hmm. and the regional right. results not really helping us in the sense of they're all losing results versus regionally ranked opponents. Though I do wonder who's got the better win in that group.
3: I look at Rochester with a win over Wash U. Yeah,
17: that that helps.
9: Right, so Rochester is one and one against WashU. Illinois Wesleyan's zero oh and one. Uh,
0: Carnegie Mellon.
9: Yep. Rochester was zero oh and two against Chicago. Illinois Wesleyan was one and zero. Oh. So that yep. might negate the Wash U difference. Rochester
3: there. lost twice to Chicago. Okay. <laughs> so
0: all right. it's all
9: big circle. Thanks, yep.
0: guys. <laughs> Thanks for looking that info up. That really helped.
9: <laughs> I still i like i like Illinois. They've got the highest. Strength of schedule, as you mentioned, the winning percentages are all very close. They've got one you more have, win. You
0: have
3: four regional wins too.
0: Yeah,
9: I, I I I like them to here narrowly over the other ones we've talked about.
0: Granted, we're talking about a six ninety yes, uh, win loss percentage, but at this point, I think it, you you have a valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
9: yeah. The only one who's really significantly better than them in win loss is Maryville, who's got an awful strength of schedule. So yeah.
0: Um. So you you guys want to go Illinois Wesleyan?
17: I'll buy with that. I'm okay with that.
0: All right, so we'll go with our 15th pick in pool C, Illinois Wesleyan. Um they will be dancing according to our selections. Um and just before we reset it, that will mean Concordia Wisconsin comes to the table. 21 and 2, 21 and 4 overall, but 21 and 2 in division. 496 SOS did not play any regionally ranked opponents. We have 5 left. What we're going to do is take a break at least with you guys. We have this interview with Scott Hemmer. The rest of us will chat and see if we can bang out a couple more of these selections. So by the time Scott is done, we have been much further along the way. Um, so yeah, we're going to do that. So we're going to hear from Scott Hemmer coming up. We'll also a commercial break. Also please consider the Hoopsville fundraising efforts. Uh, the fundraiser runs out soon. We're only about 35% of the way to the goal. We'd love to get a little further than that. If you got questions for us, there's plenty of information on our website. We'll be back. Scott Hammer joins us here on the City of Salem's uh, Hoopsville Hotline. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville when we return.
4: I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me but then I started to play golf with the Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
5: This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports.
6: At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means we'll listen to you and with you, as you your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more.
7: We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, Ooh. national championships, and we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin, nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're at D3Hoops.com at wwwd 3 hoops
0: Welcome back to Hoopsilla, everybody. Our Selection Sunday special here on d3hoops.com, of course, with thanks from the WBCA and NABC. If you've got questions for us while we're continuing our women's mock selections, feel free to email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. You can tweet us at d3hoops. Use hashtag Hoopsville. You can also ask a question on Facebook Live. There's a number of us who may answer those questions. We keep forgetting to mention that. Um, Ryan, myself, Gordon, Pat, any of us might answer those questions. But if you don't get your question answered, please bear with us. Uh, There's a lot of places that we get questions, and we're doing other work. We will get to your question when we can, so bear with us. Continuing the mock selections, uh, our next guest, I think we probably have selected, though we are pre-taping these, to give ourselves a chance to get these selections done in the the behind-the-scenes and come back and give you what we have done. Um, I have a feeling we've already selected this next team. Their first loss of the season came yesterday in conference tournament action. The Geneseo women's basketball team has been a topic of this of this show. 26-0 going into the championship game last night. We all know their story. If you don't, we're not rehashing the entire thing. But to lose two teammates in the last year, season and a half and still be happy to going into yesterday's championship game is spectacular, to say the least. They're a pretty good team as well, though New Paltz certainly found a way to find a kink in the armor. We'll see if the Knights can rebound, but they're going to be heading off to the NCAA tournament. That's almost... A sure bet. Um, and, heck, they may even be hosting. Um, I think we've learned that they are going to probably stay the number one ranked team in the East. But what does this all-season meant? What did yesterday mean? And how are they getting ready for yet another emotional NCAA tournament run? Joining us on the City of Salem, Hoopsville Hotline is their head coach of the 16th ranked Knights. Scott Hemmer joins us. Coach, welcome.
18: Hey, thanks for having us again, Dave.
0: I appreciate you taking the time, uh, for sure. Um, when you look at what you guys accomplished this season, you've gotta be more than thrilled.
18: Yeah, I, I mean with with everything they've gone through, um, to to get to twenty six wins, it's uh it's it's quite miraculous. I I give them all the credit in the world. I said to uh, to them afterwards, you know, failure defeats losers but inspires winners. Uh, it was a quote that, that I'm fond of, and these kids are winners, and, um, you know, they'll, they'll be ready to go if we're called upon to play again, but, you know, they've, they've demonstrated courage to keep playing despite all the adversity, and, and again, that's what makes them winners, and, and that that will never be taken from them on any scoreboard.
0: Losing the championship game's tough, plain and simple. We all know that. It's it's mm-hmm. you know it, you can be fifteen and ten and lose the championship. It's still an emotional result. How did this team handle this one?
11: Uh,
18: well, they 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 felt that they were playing with a purpose. They were playing for other people, just be besides themselves. So obviously uh, they were devastated and and disappointed, but. Uh, Wanted them to uh, to focus on on the disappointment aspect. Um, we went in the locker room after afterwards, and, and certainly there was a lot of crying. And I I just sat down and I looked at them and I said, "What are you crying for? You know, we're, we're 26 and one, and we're, we're likely to so." Why are you crying? And and I underst I understand it. I understand the disappointment. But again, I I said to them this, this game doesn't define you. It doesn't even come close to defining who you are. Uh, most of those kids have now had to attend not one but two funerals of of teammates and friends. Too soon. Uh, some of them a, a couple of years ago with the Leah Sobrowski story of. Uh, the uh, failed liver and and needing a transplant, they they sat around and prayed for a miracle so that they their teammate could find a donor with a matching liver and 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 live, um, you know all the way down to to Kara Hooper and. and having her transfer back from a division two school to be a part of this group just so she could be closer to her brother who's suffering from early onset parkinson's uh, you know she wanted to make sure that she showed him how much she loved him and you know that this group has been through all of that and you know obviously they are frustrated and disappointed, but, but those are the things that they should cry about, not, not losing uh, you know, a game in, in a conference championship. That, that That's only a hill compared to the mountains that they've had to climb.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, but at the same time, I am quite sure that the fact that finishing the season probably had a little bit more meaning if they could have pulled it off, I'm sure that's a part of this conversation and the emotions as well. So how do you get them back, though? I mean, I feel like this team's been riding it. Well, we all know they've been riding an emotional roller coaster to begin with. But I feel like this team has been on the verge. If they take a hit, who knows where this could go? Do you worry this loss will 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 derail things for next weekend? Or will it galvanize this team even further? Uh
18: huh. I, I'm not worried at all. I, I know that that may sound crazy. Um, at the end of the year, there's only one team that that's undefeated, and um, I, I don't think we went into the season thinking that would necessarily be. Us. I I get it. Everybody wants to keep winning and and play for that national championship, but you know that that was never a never a goal that we set out for the, for the, the, the undefeated season. I think I I really wanted them to have that. Undefeated regular season. I mean, you got the 13, you got the 15, you got the 18, you got the 20, and and it still didn't really sink in. But when we came home from a pretty difficult road trip only on a new pulse just a couple weeks ago and had gotten the 23 and 0, we had two more home games. I, I had gotten to the point where <clears> that that pressure kind of started to really hit me because I, I truly wanted for them to have that that perfect regular season that nobody would ever be able to take from them. Um, that, that was it, one of the things that Kelsey had always wanted was for her teammates to play a perfect game. You know, I, I wanted to be able to say to them that, you know, although we may not have ever gotten to that perfect game, I think she would have been okay with a perfect season. Mm. And uh, so the fact that, uh, you know, they they came out of that 25-0, I, I think that was pretty special. But, you know, mm-hmm. along the way, there were so many opportunities to, to count this group down and out. I mean, every time you you lost a, a Teammate, um you know it would have been easy for him to throw in the towel at that point and and yet it only seemed to make them stronger together and uh i just can't see them folding because they lost a a, a bat- you know i mean in, in the grand scheme of things they just lost a basketball game and I do think that they understand that, you know, Kelsey, Savannah, their families, what any of them would have given just to be a part of that game, win or lose. And, uh, so I think they're, they they certainly understand that it's not necessarily just winning, but yeah. being lucky enough to actually be in the game. So I, I think they'll be just fine.
0: This uh, this championship game looked like it was uh, really about the first half. Um, you guys got beat by SUNY Paul. seventeen nine 17-9 in the first quarter. Uh, you shot one for 11 in that quarter. Yeah. Um, they shot 7 of 14 from beyond <laughs> the arc in the first half. You certainly made a great comeback in the second quarter, winning that quarter 2016, but you are already in that hole. It felt like you, you probably had to be digging out of that hole the whole game.
18: Yeah, you shoot 10% in a quarter, stuff to come back from. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I I mean, give New pulse credit. They uh, they had a great game plan, <clears throat> um, executed what they wanted to do. Um, you're looking at a team that I think generally shoots in the upper 20s from beyond the arc, and they got themselves up to 33% in our game. And, um, you know, it's one of the things our defensively we pride ourselves on that, uh, you know, we generally – Hold, uh, we generally are pretty good at holding opponents to to thirty percent from the arc and uh you know again, again they shot thirty eight percent from the floor after you know shooting in the low to mid thirties all season and and you know we didn't hit our mark you know we we shoot up thirties and we only got the thirty three so uh you know when you're not putting the ball in the basket it's, it's a tough tough road to to dig your, or a tough hold to dig yourself out of uh, especially when you're down by by eight at the end of the first and but but we we clawed we dug our way around we we tried to grind it out as best we could, and uh, we had an opportunity at the end, and it just wasn't meant to be
0: well, the nice thing is at least we've got two Suniac teams that'll be in the uh NCAA tournament yeah, you, at yeah, least... back
18: to back years I, yeah. I wish maybe it would have been us winning the championship, but uh, hats off to new pole um
0: what are you gonna do for the for Monday selection show?
18: uh we're gonna get together um up in one of the administrative buildings um we Got some food set up, and and we're just gonna try to spend that time together and and make the most out of it. And uh, the, the, this group loves being around each other, and I think it's important for them to be able to hopefully hear their name called one more time.
0: I have a feeling. I think we all have a feeling that they'll they'll be called one more time. We're looking forward to seeing. I even think there's a chance you might be at home.
18: Maybe um, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be
0: wonderful. That certainly would be uh, for everything that you guys have gone through. Ask as your win streak continued, the the the. The spotlight started getting brighter Um, more and more people started recognizing you was that a distraction or did you guys welcome it
18: wow nothing like the media that we went through last january um so yeah that's true i they they, they've been around the lights before and the the, uh, the interviews and um, I, I think they embraced it. I think they appreciated the recognition. I think they they enjoyed knowing that there were people there who were supporting them and and thinking of them. And I, I'm not sure it motivated them, but I don't think it distracted.
7: Just curious,
0: some some people react differently. You guys kept winning, and that certainly showed me that you guys could have cared less. Uh, in the sense of a distraction, so that, that's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Well, you know, you and I, every time we talk, could talk forever. Um, I, I certainly don't want to rehash too much of it. It has certainly been an amazing season for your team in more than one way, but I am still amazed every time I watch your team take the floor and come out with a victory uh, of how much they put the, the, the hard hat on, pack up the lunch, and get to work. Um, and I suspect you're going to have to put the hard hat on, get to work uh this weekend as well in the NCA tournament. At least that's what we certainly hope for. Um and, and I turn it to you. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in.
18: Well hey, thanks to uh thanks to you and and D three hoops for uh for your support and coverage and you know I'd certainly like to Send a quick thank you out to everybody that uh we continue to hear from uh, not not just locally and through your program but but around the country and and we're we're certainly uh very appreciative of uh all that support that we continue to hear over and over um outside of that best of luck to all the teams that end up being selected for the tournament and based on our experiences uh i hope everyone makes uh the most out of their opportunity because uh as, as we've learned the hard way, opportunities are precious. So, uh, please, uh, to everybody who's got that, that privilege to keep going, best of luck and make the most out of it.
0: Very good, sir. Congratulations. Tell the team we wish them the best. Enjoy tomorrow uh, and enjoy next weekend and hopefully beyond. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Scott Hammer joins us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline from SUNY Geneseo, the 16th-ranked Knights. Unfortunately, taking their first loss of the season in the conference championship to SUNY New Paltz, 58-57. But I'm pretty sure they're marching on to the NCAA tournament and going to get another chance to play and prove themselves. They went pretty far last year, if you might remember, despite it all. We'll see where they go this year. An amazing group of women out there, and and Scott is doing an amazing job of coaching them as well. Um, If you want a team to root on and you don't have one, might as well jump on the Knights bandwagon it's a fun one to ride and they're certainly doing the, they're certainly doing themselves and the school proud. When we come back, we'll figure out what other selections we have made in NCA tournament mock selections here on our Hoopsville selection Sunday special. A quick note which we've repeated numerous times, but since coach mentioned they'll be getting together to watch the selection shows, a reminder at 12:30 Eastern time, the men's selection show will air and at 2:30 Eastern time, the women's selection show will air. We'll have links at d3hoops.com. More on the Hoopsville Selection Special coming up. You're watching Hoopsville presented by d3hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this.
8: College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum. It's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed
9: Nike gear at the CBE hoop shop. Elevate and visit the house that college
7: basketball built.
10: It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. Sports us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court.
2: I'm a current division student athlete and I remember how intimidating the first year of college can be.
1: So if you're a first year student athlete and nervous about coming out as LGBTQ, I pledge to stand by your side as your ally.
11: If you can play, you can play Division III. We are Division III student-athletes and you can be, too. If you can play, you can play in Division III.
10: Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com tickets
13: for your tickets today. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, grew All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. We've got more schools than Division I, more
7: fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade from Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're at d3hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
14: When George Fox University was founded in 1891, its creators envisioned two things, a challenging educational experience and a community where students could deepen their faith. 125 years later, the core of who we are remains unchanged, and our focus on the whole person, our be-known promise, remains as vibrant and relevant today as it was then. At George Fox University, you'll never be a number. You will be known.
15: Cheer for the stumbles. That he shoulda had that. And the tears that linger. For in those malls, greatness lies. There you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Uh, thanks, Scott. Again, hats off to them. Tremendous story there. We did pick them to make it into the NCAA tournament, despite their first ever, their first season loss. First ever loss. No, first loss of the season. And we picked them back in the fifth to get into the NCAA tournament. We just made three more picks on the women's side. We left you with Illinois Wesley, and then we selected Rochester, Carnegie Mellon, and Eastern State. State. Apparently I'm breaking up about it. I'm really torn. So those are the next three. We have two picks left. Gordon Mann, B.J. Spiegelmeyer, and James Wagner return to the air here, and we will now reset the board as to who we have left and where we are leaning. In the Atlantic region, it remains missouri Record 7 in-division record, 524 SOS, 2-4 versus regionally-ranked opponents. In the central, we have Concordia, Wisconsin, 21-2 overall, but a 496 SOS and no games against regionally-ranked opponents. In the Eastern Skidmore, 17 and 9, 557, 2 and 4. In the Great Lake, 20 and 5, 498, 2 and 5. In the Mid-Atlantic Moravian, 18 and 7, 581 with a 1 and 7. In the Northeast, it's Mass Dartmouth, 22 and 5, 543 SOS and 2 and 4 versus regionally ranked opponents. In the South, Maryville, 22 and 4, five, one and two versus regionally ranked opponents. And in the West, it is George Fox, 18 and 4. They're 21 and 4 overall, but 18 and four in division, 552 SOS, one and four versus regionally ranked opponents. And guys, I'll lead off with this. If I started to have to play the elimination game, one thing that jumps out, Maryville's safer than Concordia because they have similar records, similar SOS, but Maryville at least played regionally ranked opponents and at least beat one. Agreed. Agreed. So I think that maybe puts Concordia in a little bit of a tougher spot. And something I want to harp back on, it certainly seems to lean a little bit more towards win-loss, though this year we're seeing two trends in the rankings. The SOS seems to be a little bit stronger of an argument from the women. They've also had the results versus regionally ranked opponents be a little bit of a stronger argument than they have in the past. 2 years ago we did not pick McDaniel. We chose teams that had worse records but better strength of schedule and the women went with the better records and the worse strength of schedules in McDaniel. I'm not saying that's happening now. It just did. It's been a trend. I'm not but I have a feeling the women's committee is going in another direction possibly. But is it enough to ignore? Now granted McDaniel had an SOS of about a 460-470. So we're not talking about these close 490 ones. Um, and I think that does make a difference. Um, any thoughts on your side on where this one goes for the final two picks?
17: Don't don't all start. It might go to wins. It just might go that way. Like if, if you, you you say the example of McDaniel two years ago with with not a good SOS and getting the wins, you don't know when you come down to these last two where the committee's going to go. They, they may go to wins. They may go to SOS. But I, I think you might here in this situation might go to wins.
9: Yeah, because the SOS, none of these teams, the highest one that's on the board is is Moravian at 581, but we kind of tossed them aside because they're 1 in 7. They played a strong schedule, but they didn't win a lot of games against it relative to other people. So then after that, you've got 557, 552, and 543. Those are pretty narrow differences here. And again... We made this point off air, but I'll make it on air too. If you ju- if you put the, the if you cover up the names of the teams, it, it which is what you have to do to do this process, it becomes very hard. If you cover up the numbers of the teams, it becomes very easy because Georgia is <laughs> stronger, you know, by by subjective standards. Is clearly whether it's NCAA tournament depth or national rankings or whatever. Um, they're a they're a stronger program, but that's that's not the way this works. it's It's not based on you know there's not a Duke factor here where somebody gets in because they're a certain program. right. i I think the pick here, again, we had this on the men's side, too, where we said, with Oshkosh, the committee may decide that ten losses isn't too many and may put them in at this point. here i would I would say I, I think it's mass Dartmouth, which sounds strange to say. If you look at the other programs that are on that list, because other than Misericordia, Concordia, Concordian Skid, others at least have a history of going to the NCA tournament, if not winning games there. Um, but I think, based on the again doing this blindly and covering up the names, I think it's I think it's the Corsairs.
3: I, I agree with Gordon. Yep. If you if you just look at eight columns of numbers, UMass Dartmouth uh, seem to be the best. at
0: Yeah, I'm certainly fine with that argument. I think, you know, again, it kind of covers a lot of bases. It covers the win-loss. It covers the numbers of wins. It covers a good strength of schedule. And they've got at least a couple wins against regionally ranked opponents. I'm I'm fine with UMass Dartmouth, then. You good? Number 19. So number number 19 draft... <laughs> uh, our selections uh, is UMass Dartmouth, we think the committee will go with, which leaves one team left. What gets interesting is now WPI comes to the table 23 and 5 in division, 529 SOS, also 2 and 4 versus regionally ranked opponents. A, s- a nearly significant drop in the SOS, which is probably why they were sitting as low as they were in the Northeast to begin with. Um, Where does this one go? I I mean, we're now talking the last pick, and teams like George Fox and Maryville um, are one of them's not going. Uh, Moravian, uh, Calvin, Skidmore, Concordia, and Misery Accordia. We have a couple teams here, you know, perennial favorites, um, top notch squads, and looking at maybe not making the tournament. And I just I mean, my concern with George Fox is that eighteen and four, five fifty two just doesn't stand out as much as others. Um not saying and they is, aren't getting how, in. It's an eight twenty eight winning percentage.
9: How yep. close is that to was it Puget Sound last year who hadn't played enough they basically did the same thing? They hadn't played enough D three schools Whitman. where they Oh it was Whitman. Okay. Whitman
0: a couple years ago had five games not on their on their yeah. division three record. Uh, I think that was the same. That was two years ago when they were at the table. Was Chicago had the same problem, and that's when McDaniel got in because they didn't have enough games. And you know, George Fox is again eighteen and uh, I did the wrong. I want to double check I did that math right. Yeah, there. That's an eight, 18 winning percentage. Uh, Five fifty two. Maryville's twenty two and four, so they've got four more wins than George Fox, but their SOS is .06 different. Yeah. That's equal. To be honest with you, you play that game, now Maryville with an easier record, I mean with a tougher schedule becomes 18 and 8 and George Fox becomes 22 and 2. Yeah. You know, that's an interesting development. Um WPI isn't
9: isn't that the answer here? I mean is isn't essentially WPI is mass Dartmouth with a little lower strength of schedule but a little higher win percentage. Mm, 2 and 4 I, regionally ranked 529. I, I think so. I th- I think if you, for intellectual consistency here, if Mass Dartmouth is the pick, the previous pick, then this one this one's pretty easy. This one's WPI. I, again, as bizarre as that sounds, because I would Fox over WPI in Worcester in Newburgh on yeah. the moon in yeah. a dark room playing yeah. with a medicine ball whatever yeah whatever that's yeah it's not the way this works
11: <laughs>
0: right no I agree with you I I absolutely agree with you which is also interesting because it doesn't matter if Whitman or, G- or George Fox Whitman wins the AQ so they get in if Whitman doesn't beat George Fox I, they still only get two teams in this yeah. tournament
9: I think that's true yeah
0: it's just fascinating you know this is a t- a, a a league we're used to three teams. Um, and I think it automatically means the California teams are flying to Northwest, but. Uh,
9: <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that won't be new. No. Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, who is our pool B back at the start of this would move forth and uh, Claremont mud also would go North. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't
0: yep. jump to that because Texas schools are going to need somebody. That's um, true. Yeah. You know, Trinity, Texas. Is, who else is down there? Who
9: uh, Hendricks is in Arkansas, Texas, 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 Dallas. Texas yep. Dallas. Oh, so they got yeah, three. Yeah. I, I think, I think those three there and then they'll find one. Cause if, if you started to shift, if you said, okay, I'm going to fly the two California teams to Texas, then you'd have to, now you'd have to fly the Northwest. Yeah.
2: Too. yeah mm-hmm. So
0: it gets interesting, but we're down to that 20th pick. Are, are we really saying WPI? Are we, are we screaming that for sure? I just, I mean, it's the last pick. I want to be sure.
9: I'm as sure as I can be at ten o'clock at this particular point I in the weekend. <laughs>
3: Gentlemen, I'm, I'm I'm in agreement if we're covering up the name. Mm. I don't know, you know, I don't know what goes on at this point of, on on the the national call and how they look at it. But if you're covering up the team names, that that WPI resume just it's just stronger.
17: I think that's a safe bet.
0: I'm fine with that. I don't have any. Anything- out at me. So if you guys feel better with it, WPI, I'm fine with going with that. So WPI being our final pick making the tournament. I'm just curious. That means the last three picks were all from the Northeast region. Eastern basically played blocker until mm-hmm. they got off the table and then it was a floodgate. Um yeah, yeah. so three, I'm trying to see um where the I mean, this, four this teams difference. from them from the Northeast were selected. Uh, and there was a gap of 15 picks between those two well,
9: yeah, it was yeah right yeah so, mm-hmm. from Bowden, who went second went third to Eastern yeah. Connecticut who went 18th yeah.
0: shows you sometimes where I blocker where we talk about blockers yep. yeah, here's an example now granted we went off regional rankings that we think didn't really adjust that much so um you know we right. could be off a little bit here and that could have changed the equation here but WPEI being our final one so again Tufts Puget Sound Bowden, Catholic Geneseo Oshkosh Davis, Adolphus, Mary Washington, Marymount, Chicago, DeSales, Hope, Lynchburg, Illinois, Wesleyan, Rochester, Carnegie Mellon, Eastern State, UMass, Dartmouth, and finally WPI. That means George Fox left out. Maryville left out. Um, Springfield, by the way, would have then thus gotten to the table from the Northeast, but that's station mm-hmm. conversation. Uh, Moravian never got past uh, the table. Calvin was left home, and I worried about that with Calvin uh, two weeks ago with that SOS, um, that continued to go south. Uh, Skidmore didn't get in, which left Stevens from getting an opportunity. Um, Concordia, Wisconsin, Stevens Point, but Stevens Point was also 16-9. and I don't think they were going to get in anyway.
9: Yeah, same thing with Stevens. Remember, they lost their first seven games of the year. Exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. And then Misericordia blocked Rowan, but then again, I don't think Rowan was going to get in at 19-9 and um, either. So, yeah.
3: We had Misericordia on the board there.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Table. Right, Mister. There, Rowan didn't get to the table. I apologize. I was I was jumping ahead there a little bit. So, Mister. Accordia sits there at eighteen and seven, and uh, and done. Are you guys satisfied with that? Pretty good. I think so. Yeah,
9: and I think I think just like Bob Quillman said on the men's side, you know, we rolled through the first fifteen pretty easily. Um, after that, you know, everybody Rochester on Rochester, Carnegie Mellon, Eastern, WPI, and Mass Dartmouth. Um, you know, us picking you probably wouldn't make any of those people feel better anyway because they're going to be nervous until 2.30 tomorrow. But mm-hmm. thats I think that's the gray area. That's the danger zone. Yeah. I, I don't see numerically if Rochester and Carnegie Mellon don't get in because of their mm-hmm. strength of schedule. But those last three New England picks, if you if you said, look, there's more of a subjective point to this and you're missing it, George Fox isn't going to lose out to these teams, that would be understandable.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and I think yeah. every year we were, were waiting to be wrong by six. You know what yeah. I mean? Because of that. And I think a year like two years ago when we got every single male t- men's team and missed two women's, and then last year we only missed one on either side. Trust me, every time that happens, I walk away going, that is just insane. Yeah, <laughs> There's no way we're that accurate because it is that hard, and they have so much more data they're looking at than we are. We're, we can't look at It's almost nope. impossible. Nope. Um, unless D three Hoops is going to pay for that really super computer that you know like the the one that what's your name got on newsroom on newsroom yeah, that yeah. was can we get that Gordon because that'd be awesome I'll,
17: I'll take it you know. out of my
0: budget yeah <laughs> then never mind
17: I mean at this point like like Gordon said you get the first fifteen and it's great then you come to that last five and it's it gets hard I mean yeah. you're, you're you're and you're and we may have a lot more um a lot more information than we do at this point and like you said it could come down to something that we don't know but you know this is what we came up this is what we're going with you and know here's the
0: other thing somebody feels like it's maybe starting to to swing in new directions you know again i talked about that win loss with mcdaniel being the reason they got in you mm-hmm. know they're starting to sw- i feel like they're trying to set a trend in a different direction in a way um, and that could change the picks, too, that we haven't been able to read that trend just yet. Um, can make That can make a swing. I think that did happen to us on the men's side one year where it was like, whoa, we didn't see that trend coming. The SOS was a bigger factor, for example, and then once we figured that out, that's how we got a little bit more consistent. Uh, any final thoughts from you guys before we let you go? I know Gordon's still got a little bit more work, and
17: uh, I know <laughs> I would... I got a little bit more work before I... Yeah, well, looking at hosts, I guess the road to the some championship weekend is going to go through Amherst, obviously. And I'm not kind of to see who the other hosts will be. I, I would think yep. maybe Geneseo would probably get one. And,
11: yeah.
17: um, you know, I, 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 I would think Mary Wash might get one. So, you know, looking at the way that they do Montclair, I probably think for sure it's probably going to host yeah. the pod. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and looking and at... And I think Regis
0: will go there, right, Gordon? Uh,
9: they, they have the frequent flyer. Uh, they have the hotel. Uh, they've played them <laughs> yeah. the last three years. The five two schools out of, actually, Four out
0: of five years they've played them. The,
9: the school, two schools actually played each other in the regular season this year. They yes. went to Las Vegas to play each other. Yes. And I think one of the reasons may have been to try and short circuit from bracketing. Against I
0: believe United. that right. was the case. And of course, <laughs> Montclair's coach is on the committee.
17: Yeah. yeah. And, and, and like I said, with, with this part in the, there's so many teams that are so close by, um, that you could have a variety of pods. And, and but I think if the, the locks are Montclair, Mary wash, Amherst, you know, whoever's in the South, at, Northern, uh, Northern. Yeah. yeah that's a good location. I don't think we have to worry about any doubles this year. I, I, I think the only one that could be is Tufts, but right. if Tufts is going to host, you know, one or the other, then, then that's the only double you really have to worry about. Cause I don't think there's anything that's going to overlap.
9: And women would get preference this year when Amherst was supposed to host both the women came down here and beat Rowan by 20 instead of beating them by 20 in Massachusetts. Right. Um, you know, so I think uh, the really interesting thing from a bracketing perspective, and you get a little ahead of yourself, but Thomas Moore is undefeated. St. Thomas is undefeated. Amherst is undefeated. Ohio Northern is undefeated. Ohio Northern has been behind Thomas Moore the whole time. If you got to a second weekend, who would host Thomas Moore, Ohio Northern? And I don't know the answer
17: to That's that. That's a good a question. That's question. a good question. You know, and also it also depends on. You know, as the, the people don't know the criteria, I mean, it also depends on available flights and stuff like that, exactly. and how. You know,
9: and Ohio, it, Ohio Northern has to get there. Ohio Northern hasn't won two games in the tournament. Right. I don't know if that's ever happened, but they <laughs> and, they, they and, have to get there.
17: And it could be something where Thomas More is slated that they could host the second round, and maybe there's something in their town that they can, or, or you know the the weird things that we don't know. Once these teams put host, and then it comes back, and you host the second the the sectional weekend and you may not be able to because you have something on campus or whatever yeah Yeah. so it's interesting it'll be interesting how they you know this is the hard part this is one of the things that i learned years ago when when i was at our sinus when we made made a tournament is that we were slated to have a first round bye and because of geeks, we got slid into the pod with wpi uh, baptist bible at the time and and virginia wesley and so it is kind of how you know people don't realize that once this bracket is completed the NCAA has to take a look at it and make sure there's not too many flights or anything like that to make sure it's geographically, a little bit geographically sound. So that's one of the things that play is once the teams are picked, you put your bracket together, the committee looks at it and goes, okay, maybe moves teams around. But interesting to see. We don't know who the, the probables are, but after that, it could be, a, you know, you don't know who's going to host after that.
13: Yeah.
0: Uh, again, a reminder, the brackets on the men's side release at 1230 tomorrow, uh, Eastern time. W- women's will be at 230 Eastern time. We'll have a hoopsil bracket show after that. Yay! All right. Uh, probably about three <laughs> thirty, I suspect, is when we'll get on the air. Talk to and some guests who are in, and maybe even get a breakdown from people like Wags and or others who want to do it. Yeah.
17: And that and that's twelve thirty flat, right now. Twelve thirty five or twelve forty. It's twelve thirty. Twelve thirty on the nose. Yep. Okay, great.
0: Unless there's some technical glitch, I don't control that stuff. But I, that's, they've they've pretty much nailed that time in the past. So. Okay. Uh, I know we're 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 recording it early enough to have that happen and even even have us be able to redo it if we had to. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordon, uh, you want to tease what we got with the uh, website? Um, what's ahead for tonight? And uh, then I'll get a final word from all you guys.
9: Yeah, uh, well, my final word, uh, you know, in, in ter- from a teaser perspective, uh, still to come tonight, men's bracket, projected bracket with the projections. If you missed it, encourage you to go back and listen to however much of the show you want to, but we'll get you the projected brackets Um, women's projected brackets will come out either very, very late, I guess unless you're George Fox, then a little less late if you're on the (laughs) West Coast. Um, And then uh, tomorrow – we have the shows, obviously, and then late tomorrow night, uh, we'll have the top – the final top 25 of the regular season where we'll have I, – I would assume we'll have a new number one on the men's side um, on the well, – I would assume Amherst would. But there is one more top 25 uh, poll released late tomorrow night. We have a bunch of coaches on it uh, who are either going to be very, very happy when they're voting or very, very sad when they're voting, but we want to <laughs> let them get through that.
0: Uh BJ, any final thoughts on the process? At least the sales is in this time according to our thing, and I think safely in that I don't think we're necessarily uh on tomorrow.
3: I hope we're, I hope we're right. Um I won't feel good until their name's actually announced, but yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh now my only final thought is, you know, thanks, Dave, for, for having me on, but for everything you do all year. And you too, Gordon. Um, you guys give great exposure to uh to division three and uh it doesn't go unnoticed, at least not on my end. Um, on your website at least two or three times a week just checking things out so appreciate it very much and uh you know we'll just want to thank you as many times as i possibly can thanks bj
17: uh wags thanks, final thoughts sir i echo bj's comments to you and gordon of all the work you've done and thanks bj for being on tonight and helping us with the the, the spreadsheet you that you've done it was great um this is my favorite time of the year uh, i get to see two good tournaments and you know as assistant commissioner we get to see our teams go forward, and this is where you, you have pride in, in your conference. And, you know, this is your putting your best team forward uh, into this tournament, and you want to make a name for yourself. I always remember, you know, being in the Centennial and watching in on the men's side, the CSAC having Cabrini go so far. And then last year, Gwen and Mercy going so far in the men's side. So now it's time to see our Gwen and Mercy coached by Keith Mondillo, what he'll do in the tournament. Um so interesting to see what and you and you get to see those surprises. The same division two. You'll see a team that you wouldn't think of win a couple of games. All of a sudden they're in the, the the third round. So um this is my favorite time of the year and I know a lot be a lot of you know, before it was released late at night on this Sunday night, so you'd be up refreshing your browser for like three straight hours trying to figure out when the back was coming out. <laughs> But now with the 12.30 and the 2.30 t- tomorrow, the kids are able, student athletes are able to, you know, gather and watch the brackets, watch the selection show and hope their name is called if they're on the bubble. But it's going to be a great couple of weeks for the tournament. I think this is going to be a dynamite tournament and uh, make sure to see what's going to happen next couple weeks.
0: Thank you very much. sir. well said. Appreciate it, guys. Um, Enjoy your evening, uh, Gordon. I know I'll be touching base with you shortly. BJ, thank sure. you for coming on. It was fun to have you and, and the work you did to help us do this as well. Wags, always fun to have you uh, as well, and we'll talk to you guys soon. I'll talk to sure. you tomorrow, buddy. See you guys. And the guys uh, roll off. I appreciate it. Once again, let's go through the picks that we selected. If you have any last-minute questions you want to get to me, please get them to me. But uh, this show's going to be wrapping up really darn soon. Um, I don't want to be on the air much longer. I'm worn out. I've got a long day tomorrow. So, on the women's side, here's who we selected. Once again, a reminder. Pool B, there was a Pool B pick. We went with Santa Cruz. On Then to Pool C, we went in the, And you can find this on d3hoops.com as well. Tufts, Puget Sound, Bowden, Catholic, Geneseo, Oshkosh, Albright, Gustavus Adolphus, Mary Washington, Mary Mount... Chicago, DeSales, Hope, Lynchburg, Illinois Wesleyan, Rochester, Carnegie Mellon, Eastern State, UMass Dartmouth, and WPI. Left some really good teams like Maryville and George Fox at home. And no, I'm not saying we're going to be 100% accurate tomorrow. I would not be surprised if the committee goes in a different way. On the men's side, we did it earlier this evening. He pick. We started with Babson, then Susquehanna, Whitewater, Rochester. This is a men picks. Tufts, Williams, Whitworth, Wesleyan, New Jersey City, Salisbury, and Amherst. Emory, Hope, Skidmore, St. Lawrence, Cabrini, Augustana. Went Keene State, Endicott, Mount St. Joseph, and finished with Ohio Wesleyan getting in. It got really difficult on the men's side, anywhere south of pick 11. Uh, and Amherst was even tough, I'd argue. But once we hit 12, and maybe Emory and Hope weren't that hard to get in. But once we got into Skidmore and St. Saint Saint Lawrence, Cabrini, the numbers really got jumbled. On the women's side, I think it got tough when we got to pick 15-16. On the men's side, it was definitely closer to pick 12 uh, and the men's side got really gnarly as it went on. Um, I Hey, listen, if we miss six on both sides, so be it. It's not that simple this year. I think it is far more difficult. Uh, but I want to thank everybody who helped me out doing that. And, of course, it was Wags, James Wagner, uh, B.J. Spiegelmeyer, and Gordon Mann on the women's side. And on the men's side, Bob Quillman and Ryan. Quickly looking for any uh, questions. Um, Uh, Thank you. Bill Finney says your show is more interesting uh, than the Oscars. I appreciate that. Those of you who have donated to the to the uh, fundraiser. Thank you very much. Uh, Fundraiser's only got a few more days in it. We may extend it, but delaying us having the ability to get that cash as well. Um, Please find links online uh, on any of our sites, Twitter, Facebook. We, We have them pinned at the top. You can find links as well on the show pages. Okay, the fundraiser is important to us to keep it going. And if you think we've done a good enough job, if you think this is an important service, please consider donating and helping us out. If a, There's 178 of you watching on YouTube right now. Um, I'm not sure how many might be watching on Facebook. Um, Facebook, there's quite a few. Uh, by the way, John Madison asked "Are uh, Eau Claire making the tournament?" No, we don't believe Eau Claire will make the tournament. Which is too bad. I like Eau Claire, but if there's 178 you watching on YouTube right now, imagine if hundred of you donated $10. Okay, I mean, it's it it would make at least another dent in our goal. If if all of you donated $25, if if a tw- hundred of you, we'd make an even the goal if all 175 of you donated 25 we'd almost you know cover most of our what's left in the goal so please consider helping us out we greatly appreciate it if possible um let's see here is it possible that calvin will jump carnegie mellon in the last regional rankings i don't in the women's side i don't think uh the reason being is um carnegie mellon won this week uh they beat um uh, at least they got a win so they're already ahead of Calvin and got a win. Calvin got a loss. Um, I'm sorry, no, they beat they they beat Hope. Carnegie Mellon's 18 and seven. Calvin's 20 and five. You got two games. Remember, it's not 22 and five. It's 20 and five. And Carnegie Mellon is beating them in the SOS by the largest margin I've ever seen, 603 to a 498. I just don't think Calvin can jump Carnegie Mellon in any way, shape, or form, even with a win over Hope. I just don't see it happening. Um... Yeah, it's just I think it's just too difficult. Um, trying to see if we got other questions to get to here. Um, let's see. Will North Park make the field? No, Jerome. North Park will not make the field. Where do you think we Superior will play in the first round? Uh, they might go to Saint Thomas. To be honest with you, <laughs> Superior could go to Saint Thomas. Superior could also go elsewhere, but it gets a little tricky up in that area. You need teams close enough to get to Saint Thomas, who I think will be hosting. Um, and I just don't think that, I don't know if they can send anybody else, uh, but I have a feeling it'll be Superior. If it, if they're not headed there, then they may be headed to Wash U. Um, I think they can get there in 500 miles. That's a, there's a question I don't know the answer to. Uh, can Superior, uh, get to, um, let's see here. Superior, can they get to Wash U.? Almost there. There we go. Nope, they can't. So, Superior can't get to Wash U. So, I think they're going to go... I I have a a gut feeling that Superior will be heading to St. Thomas is is where I think that might go. Uh, Any other questions? Let us know. Last chance, right now. Um, Let us know. Men's bracket. (laughs) Ryan doesn't do much time. He looks like he's already done with his bracket. Um, And we're looking. Uh, Sean sends us an email. How hard was it picking Augie, considering the end of their season? Um, I don't think it was that hard. Listen, everybody has a rough season. To be honest with you, I think it's hard to pick Amherst. Amherst was eight and six since we turned into the new year. Uh, hard pick to take. Um, there's other teams that we picked. Uh, who uh, Carnegie Mellon was eleven and zero to start the season, seven and seven after that. You know, but we picked them. Um, I think that you're gonna have those types of picks, but at the end of the season, didn't even come into play for me with Augie, with Augustana. To be honest with you, Sean, it just did wasn't that big a, a an option. What are the odds of Concordia, Wisconsin, will get a bid? Brianna, we said or Ingrid, we said no. Um, I think there's a chance because they're they're 21 and two in the eyes of the NCAA. Um, their SOS isn't putrid; it is below 500, but they didn't play any. Res- uh, teams, again, regionally ranked opponents. So here's how the NCAA is going to look at that. They're going to go, okay, well, you didn't have a really great SOS. Did you at least play some some opponents who were regionally ranked, which will tell us that you had some strength there that's just being offset. Oh, no, you didn't play anybody who was regionally ranked. So you have a weak SOS. You didn't play anybody regionally ranked. Of course you're 21-2. and two. Um, In our opinion, we staying home. Now, that being said, McDaniel was an even worse boat uh, two years ago with a worse SOS. Um, I think it was like 460 or something, 470. Um, had a very similar record to Concordia. Uh, one, they had an, at least one more win, if not a couple more wins, and two losses. And they did. Concordia could get in. I'm um, just—we don't think it's going to happen. Is, is basically where that comes from. Uh, they, let's see here. Thank you for the compliment. Said nice job. UST turning bit. Any chance Stevens uh, Saint Thomas moves up in your mind and is in. My thought being that by winning the Mayak yesterday, Bethel will move into the regional rankings. That would make Beth Stevens point you three and two instead of one and two. Um, well, Jeff, for starters, I think we did move Bethel. We we do have the regional rankings, and in our mind, and Bethel did move into them. And Saint Thomas was three and two on the men's side. We were basing it on information we had got, gathered that was regional rankings. We believe the the regional ranking information we got did have to, to carry. and Bethel in the regional rankings, and we still didn't move St. Thomas, and we didn't get him into the tournament. Um, what are the chances of Worcester hosting? I think none um, on the men's side. I don't see a region Worcester would host. A, they don't have a good enough record, I don't think, unless there's some major problem. But Marietta will host. Uh, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. Who else was ranked in the, uh, oh darn it, uh, hold on a second, folks. I'm, I'm looking for my uh, Great Lakes here. Uh, Marietta's going to host. Hanover's going to host. I think Worcester moved up into a position of third, so they're certainly in position if they need an extra host, but I don't think Worcester's going to host. I think Worcester's going to be on the road. Hanover and Marietta, I believe, are going to be your two hosts. Uh, and that's good spotting because um, Hanover being in Indiana and Marietta being down in, in southern Ohio gives nice regional area there to help out. Uh, move the hoops will sign up a few inches. It's a beautiful oak sign, right, Sean? You're right. You know what I'm gonna try and do, and do that before tomorrow. That is my goal. Good evening. Where do you think Gwen and Mercy will play in the first round? Um, oh, I hate those questions are so tough. Um, my gut tells me, I and mean, we're talking women, right? Um, I haven't lost my mind here, Gwen and Mercy, women. Um, I just want to confirm I'm not losing my mind here, so bear with me here, uh, the person who emailed that. I'm checking my Twitter while I'm waiting for a page to load. Um, Andrew, uh, Hope Girls did make the tournament. Yes, um, I, 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 I think you're listening. Um, let's see here. Uh, CSAC, right? All right. Uh, Gwen Mercy. Yeah, they won. Good. I'm not losing my mind. Um, I think Gwen and Mercy is going to be sent maybe to a Mary Washington to a Scranton or somebody like that. That's where I think that's going to go. Uh good job tonight. You guys were great. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that, Vinny. Uh got another contribution. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, another contribution. Thank you very much. You're going to double check. We'll read off all of them. Oh, someone selected the perk there. Awesome. Appreciate that. Another question. Thank you. Show was awesome. Oh, it was a Carnegie Mellon question. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Where do the Gustavus women go? Um, They're going to probably, I I wonder who. That's a great question, actually. They may have no choice but to go to Wash U uh, because I don't think that they're not going to send them the same. Uh, Well, they can't get to Wash U. This gets interesting. Um, There's an outside chance they might need an extra flight. And I'm wondering if Gustavus would fit the bill. I don't think they would, but they might need an extra team in Texas, and they could certainly send one if they need to fly someone. But Gustavus, uh, we'd hope, would not go to St. Thomas, but if they've got no choice with geography, uh, they may have to go there. Um, I'm trying to think of who might else be regionally ranked. Uh, I don't know if they can get to Oshkosh. Um, Well they can get to Oshkosh. So you know what? There's a chance Gustavus Adolphus would go to Oshkosh, to be honest with you. Um I'm looking at the West region just to confirm some thoughts. Um Wartburg's in. There's always oh, that's get that's get really interesting. You know, there's a a chance Gustavus might end up hosting, but I think that's no, that's no chance. Now uh, that's going to St. Thomas. I apologize for the confusion there. Uh, will IWU women host? No. Um, Wash U women will host and, uh, Oshkosh women will probably host. I don't see any chance of Illinois Wesleyan's women. So they're kind of like in Worcester's boat where they're third in the regional rankings, I think. Um, but their, their criteria just don't, don't, aren't sexy enough in my opinion. Actually, Chicago would host before Illinois Wesleyan. So yeah, no, if they need an extra host, it might go to Chicago. Um, Peyton, oh, yeah, I'm going to try and get your question, Peyton. I know you're listening in. You got a long question there, and I didn't really get to it. Let's see here. Um, Let's see. Let's see here. Okay. Question is, if the Eagles win versus Rochester, regardless of other conference tournament results, based on their recent success in the tournament, should get them in correct? Oh, Peyton, I apologize. I should have gotten to this one sooner for you. Recent tournament success means nothing. Is the is the is the is the basics of it here? This isn't like D one. We don't care what you did last year. Great example. Illinois Wesleyan won the national title in women's basketball a few years back. They did not make tournament the next year. They were not a selection selected pick. Um, so in my opinion, um, I, I don't I don't think. Um, I don't think their recent tournament success would have gotten them in. I think they're in for other for other reasons. Uh, so you know, I think and we, we took Emory in and we took Rochester um because of their criteria, not because of their success. Uh, they may even host. We may have no choice but to host. Um so there you go, a bunch of questions. you got a couple more. We'll get to them as quickly as we can before we go off the air. Do you think Oshkosh women will host? Yes, Drew, I think I just mentioned that. I just saw your tweet. I do think they will host. Who's your favorite player and team? Uh, I'm not going to mention who my favorite player and team is. I do a lot of work on uh, selecting things, and I don't want to um, uh, selecting like all Americans, and so I'm not going to give that answer out. So there you go. Thank you, John. Great show. Keep it up. I appreciate the kind words. Last call for questions, and then we're wrapping up. I've got to get going. Uh, tomorrow I will be on the air um, with the NCAA and those selection shows, and I've got some work to get done. Oh, Dan, I know you've been tweeting me. I apologize. I want to see if I missed anything. Um, no, I, I guess not. You, I just said you had one, but I had already seen that. So, um. Where do you see the Trine women team playing in the first round? Um, well, that's a good question. Trine can get west, so they can easily be at an Oshkosh. I don't think they can get to um, St. Thomas, but let's check that out of curiosity. Um, there we go. And the mileage is, yeah, 575. So they can't get to St. Thomas. So I suspect the Oshkosh or Wash U um, I'm hoping they don't go to Thomas More or Ohio Northern just because I think that's too loaded of Great Lakes so the only way to avoid that is to send them west and that's going to be Oshkosh or Wash U um, most likely that's where my I think they will with the Trine women could be dead wrong and I might be forgetting something but that's kind of where I think that one's going to that's going to work itself out I'm trying to see if we're missing any other questions. Again, last chance to get them into me. And then we're wrapping this baby up, putting a nice little bow on it, and heading off and go to bed. Vinny, I think I might take your advice. Um, Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Really appreciate it. I want to thank all of our guests. I want to thank the sports information directors as well for their help on this show. Um, I really appreciate it. Um... Let's see. So our guests tonight include, <laughs> i got to remember who our guests were. Uh, from Ramapo, Chuck McBreen. From Nichols, Tom Glynn. From Christopher Newport Women's Basketball, Bill Broderick. From Seal Women's Basketball, Scott Hemmer. Also, wonderful interview. If you didn't catch it at the beginning of the show with a Carnegie Mellon player, Jackie. Um, terrific conversation with her. You really must go back. And watch that. I want to thank all the sports information staffs as well for their help on this show. I want to thank Gordon Mann, uh, BJ Spiegelmeyer, Ryan Scott, Bob Quillman, and James Wagner for helping with selections as well. Thank you all for tuning in and and assisting us as well and being a part of tonight's show. Don't forget, tomorrow we will be on the air at about, um, well, the selections start at 1230 Eastern Time. Uh, with the men's bracket show, 2.30 Eastern time for the women's bracket show. We will go on the air maybe about 3.30 with a bracket reaction show. Um, We will uh, then also be on the air Thursday at 7 o'clock to preview things and look for news on d3hoops.com coming up. Huge NCAA tournament coverage live on the air out of this studio Fridays and Saturday throughout the games. You need to tune in to us and what we're doing. That's going to do it. Don't forget about the Hoopsville uh, Fund uh, fundraiser. Once again, we've gotten a bunch of contributions just in the last hour, and I really appreciate it. We're up to about 40% of our goal. Making a push, any little bit will help, so I really appreciate it. Um, I want to thank uh, David Hoff for his contribution just now, significant contribution. Thank you, sir. Our friend Malesy with a contribution. Thank you. Vinny. Um, appreciate your contribution he says it's for Nick Tarantino from Middlebury, Uh, Vinny, thank you and Nick for that, Phil Sin for his donation, Tim McDonald we have a couple of anonymous donors, appreciate your efforts, Dennis Murphy for your donation Tom and Keegan Ryan, thank you very much, Anthony and Sharon Jax thank you very much, Jeffrey Hans, thank you sir Uh, Yak J49 uh, was a a donator recently Art Valley. Thank you very much. Uh, Brian and, and Marianne Bonicum, I think we know who they are from. Thank you very much for your donation. Uh, plenty of good donations in there. Really appreciate it. Uh, your help is tremendous in keeping us on the air. We're 40% of the way to the goal. We've got to close it out in the next couple of days. So on top of not only helping us with the fundraiser, please encourage others. Tell others about it, and we appreciate the help that that provides. Final check to see if we've got questions before we sign off for the night. Um, <laughs> Vinny, Dave, go to bed. I am doing that. Thank you so much. That is going to do it. Thank you so much for uh, watching tonight's show. Really appreciate it. We'll be back. We'll be on those bracket shows. We'll do our bracket special all day Monday. Don't forget, uh, more coverage as well at d3hoops.com. Uh, uh, what does the money go? you're raising go towards? The money fundraising goes to this show. It keeps this show on the air. It helps us do more. It helps fix a computer that needs to go to the shop very badly. Uh, it helps us fix stuff in this studio, like raising the hoops will sign. <laughs> uh, it allows us to travel, too, to go see games and showcase Division Three the way it deserves to be showcased because everything comes out of our pocket. So your donations help us do things. CNU Athletics, great job, Dave McHugh, and rest of D3 Hoopsville on a trip. Thank you for allowing Coach Broderick to be part of the show. Thank you for letting Coach Broderick be on the show. It's not If it's not for guests coming on the show, we've got no show. And it's 10.30. We've been on six plus hours. We're done. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll be back here tomorrow. Follow everything on D3Hoops.com. See who we select and see how how we think they will turn out. The brackets are the most difficult part. And then see the videos, watch the selection shows at d3hoops.com. We look forward to seeing you here, and we look forward to seeing who's in the NCAA tournament. Listen, our selections are our best guess. We could be dead wrong, dead wrong, but it's still going to be fun basketball coming up this this coming weekend. Those are a lot of fun as well. Good luck to all the teams sitting on the bubble. We hope you get in, though we know a lot of you won't. Uh, we still congratulate you on a terrific season and with that we're done thank you to d3hoops.com the presenting sponsor of d3hoops.com for host or for hoopsville for hosting the show also, thanks to WBCA, Women's Basketball Coaches Association, and National coaches, National Association of Basketball Coaches, the NABC, for their continued support of this show from the WBCA and NABC studios. Also want to thank the City of Salem, host of the, of the Hoopsville Hotline, for their con- contributions to this program. Also, thanks to our n- advertiser, George Fox. And also, a, a big thank you um, to all of you who tuned in to this show. It is a big deal to us, and we greatly appreciate greatly greatly appreciate it thank you everybody hope you enjoyed it we'll be back tomorrow lots to talk about then too good
11: night